Hello, friends. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Traeger Grills. I use my Traeger Grill every week, multiple times a week. I've been cooking on it forever. Long before they were ever a sponsor, I've been a supporter of them. They're awesome. I love the company. I love the people that work there. I met a bunch of them. They're great folks, and they make a fucking killer grill. And our friends at Traeger are taking $100 off the world's best-selling wood pellet grill, the Pro 22 and Pro 34 just in time for Father's Day. Starting June 3rd and running through June 16th, Traeger has you covered for Dad's Big Day. And if you go to my Instagram, you will see multiple photographs, if you scroll, of me cooking on my Traeger. I fucking love these things. They're easy to cook on and they make food taste fantastic. It's just fire and wood and it maintains its temperature perfectly. They also have an incredible application with over 1,500 recipes and the application even talks to to the grill and helps you navigate the cook cycle. Cannot be a bigger fan of Traeger grills. In addition to the $100 off Traeger's Generation 1 Pro Series, they're also taking $100 off their Bronson model and $50 off their portable tailgater grill, which is amazing. But it doesn't even end there. All Traeger accessories are 10% off. All Traeger sauces, rubs, and I use the shit out of their rubs. Their Saskatchewan blackened rub. Oh, I love it. Their, uh, their wild game rub. They have so many good rubs. Their dip tray. They have a dip tray, the bucket liners, all that stuff. All those accessories are all 20% off. They're even taking $2 off selected pellet blends. Traeger sales don't come around often, so make sure you take advantage of these smoking deals at your local dealer or online. For information on Traeger's Father's Day sales, go to TraegerGrills.com slash Joe. We are also brought to you by my bookie, June, motherfuckers. It's an important start to the summer. School is out. It's the perfect time for family vacations. In other words, it's a great month if you got some extra cash. Well, there aren't many ways you can pay for a nice vacation outside your normal income without even working, but betting on sports is one of those ways, and my bookie's the place to do it. Their easy-to-use, no-hassle mobile site means you can even place bets while you sip on your favorite drink by the pool. When you win, they pay fast, processing all payout requests within 48 hours. When it comes to your money, you need a place that you can trust, and you can trust my bookie. And speaking of June, it's a great month for sports, especially early. We got the NBA Finals, an exciting UFC 238 card, and plenty of Major League Baseball. And to send you towards your next vacation, my bookie is offering you a 50% discount bonus when you use the promo code ROGAN. That's the promo code ROGAN for a 50% deposit bonus. Woo! When you bet with my bookie, it's as simple as playing, winning, and getting paid. Yeehaw. And last but not least, we are brought to you by Onnit. In the interest of full disclosure, I'm an owner, one of the owners of Onnit.com, and I fucking love their products. It is a total human optimization company. We sell kettlebells, battle ropes, steel maces, steel clubs, strength and conditioning equipment that promotes what we call functional strength, meaning strength that applies directly to athletic endeavors. In my, in my case, particularly to martial arts, I, I love kettlebells. I'm a, just a gigantic fan of exercises with them. And we also have amazing supplements and healthy foods and snacks. And then we have 
content. If you click on, if you go to the website and you want to find out what Onnit is all about, one of the best ways to do that is to go to the Academy articles in the content section. They're all for free and there's hundreds and hundreds of articles on exercise physiology, on nutrition, uh, different workouts, different motivational Q&As with fantastic people. You'll love it, and we even have a real gym. If you're in Austin, Texas, you're in luck because we have a fucking amazing gym. The Onnit Academy is there. It has just state-of-the-art strength and conditioning stuff, but it also has 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu and Bang Muay Thai. What else do you want, folks? How about this? How about you get 10% off any and all supplements when you use the code ROGAN? Ooh! Go to Onnit.com and use the code ROGAN for 10% off any and all supplements. My guest today is a top UFC fighter, a fantastic human being, a cool motherfucker, and uh, I always enjoy talking to him. And people who get the wrong impression of this dude because you think he's just this sort of cocky, confident brawler, uh, he's a very nuanced dude with a lot of levels, a lot of layers, and I always love talking to him. Please give it up for the great and powerful Mr. Kevin Lee. The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. Kevin Lee, what's up, man? There How are is. you? It's good what's to see you on? smiling. Good Always. to see you happy. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, gotta give you some thanks for, yeah. for, for even for doing it. I, before the fight happened, I had kind of already had in my mind, I'm like, okay, it's been a year since we last kind of did this, and mm-hmm. it was right after the Barboza fight, and I was like, okay, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a get through the fight, and then I'm going to do this. The result wasn't exactly what I what I wanted, you know what I mean, and it made me hesitant about doing it. But I was like, ah, "This is the story," you know what yeah. I mean. And, and this is, as I said, kind of like was upset at myself for a few days. Eventually, I just kind of got over, it and I'm like, you know what? I said I was going to do it before. I'm not about to be no sore ass loser. And you yeah, know, might as well. well, like I said, I, I love you whether you win or lose. I, I'm just, you know, it's it's. A giant part of the game. Yeah. Half the yeah. game is losing. Yeah. Someone has to win. Someone has to lose. If you watch a fight, someone's losing. Unless yeah. it's a draw. And I figure it's it's all about how you approach it and yeah. how you take it into the next fight. And really, when you look at it, I mean, it sucks. It really does. And I, I hate it. Like, and it. like It's something that boils up inside of me. Like I, I go over, I replay the fight a million times in my head, and I, I just hate losing, and I hate that feeling. But it's just the reality, and it's like, it, it's just real life. and it's just real life. There's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing it, you, know? you do once it's over. Yeah. You, the only yeah. thing you can do is learn and grow. Exactly. Yeah. And the guy you fought is a stud. I mean, you thought, fought Rafael Dos Anjos. He's a fucking legitimate world champion fighter. Yeah, when when I was approached with the fight and, and kind of start really diving into it and really looking at him, like, I always liked a really big challenge, and that one was definitely one. You know, he had already had a lot of fights uh, that went five rounds. He had fought; he's fought pretty much everybody. You know, uh, Kamaru Usman was his last fight. Uh, Kobe Covington, he had fought Khabib. He had already fought like a lot of uh, top top guys, and for five rounds. So yeah. I, I knew what type of challenge it was. It's just I hold myself at a uh, high esteem, so I was like, you know what, I'm I'm just ready to do it. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. You, the the fight itself was was good, but either way, I'm gonna learn from it and and, and grow from it. And I still got a whole long long road ahead of me. So you do have a long road ahead of you, but you know, as we were talking about that long road, could sneak up on you real quick, and mm-hmm. before you know it, you know, you're 37 years old trying to figure out if you still want to fight. 
Yeah. That's that's how it happens to guys. I've seen it happen to guys. Yeah, so I, I feel like if you approach it smart, you know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. it can still get done, which is what I'm trying to do. Right. Uh, I kind of already knew that I needed to make some changes and, and, and do some things different, um, even before this fight and before my last one, too. Um but, you know, I just was like, okay, I'm going to just get through this one and then I'll do it. And now I'm going to get through this one and then I'll do it. But, you know, that's kind of a big wake-up call to just like, all right, it's time to get outside of the comfort zone and, and, and kind of do something different and, and kind of do what I already know I got to do. What did you think was going to happen in the fight and what was surprising? I didn't think that he would be able to keep the the, the pace for sure. Um, but what surprised me was how smart he was and, and how uh, he beat me tactically more than anything, is, you know, when I was going, he wasn't doing, you know, and he kind of, he he controlled the pace better than I thought he was going to. You know, I thought once I set that pace that he was going to be right there with me. But then as it got going, I started to realize, oh, he's not really expending much energy. He's kind of just letting me burn out my energy and, 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 then he took his moment when when I made the the last mistake, and really when it boiled down to it, I lost one position at the end there, mm-hmm. uh, where I went for a takedown, and, and you know nine times out of ten when I go and club back, the guy hits his knees, uh, but he he just stayed on his feet and stepped out, and when I hit my knees, it's like lost that position, and and against a guy like that, so dangerous, a black belt, and is uh is, is so good. I knew one slip up was going to be all it needed, and I think he knew that too. And he was just kind of waiting, buying his time, and hoping that I slip up. It seemed like you expended a lot of energy early on, and it seemed like by the time he got the submission, you were fairly tired. Yeah, I mean, uh, Fallis, you always used to tell me this, and it, it was always uh, uh, there's tired and can, and tired and can't. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a fight. It's you're gonna be tired. Right. Right. Uh, but I, I still do think I had my legs underneath me and, and, and still could. It's just I could have played it better tactically. I could have had, had you know, more time when I wasn't just going, going, as like you said, especially in that first round. Uh, if I would have had a little bit better experience maybe or, or, or something. I You know, I don't know. I, I'll figure that out. But uh, I could have played it a little smarter like he did. Are you? Do you have a person that's giving you strategy or are you sort of making your strategy up on the fly? That's one of the things that that's kind of the main thing that that I'm uh I Robert Fallis was that guy for me yeah. uh until he passed and and then I kind of just picked up the ball and you know I I understand fighting um but yeah it's it's mostly me doing the strategy and right now that that's where I'm in the limbo of, of trying to find somebody who already has that experience and has already been there and done it uh, to tell me a little better strategy. Yeah, I think it's so critical, man. I really do. And we had this conversation over the phone about it. I think that uh, a young fighter with a lot of potential like yourself, there's a reason why fighters have trainers. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why fighters have head coaches. It's, re- it's not because they want to give up all their money. Yeah. It's because it, it helps. And you, you can delegate those that, that thought process to a master, someone who's a master of martial arts, who understands positions, who understands strategies, seen guys tired, seen guys good, seen you in the gym, seen you grind, understands your skill set, understands how you are when you come in perfect, understands how you are when you come in tired. You know, so that that is just giant. And having someone who understands you psychologically as well, and, and also having someone that you respect and that you want to impress, all those things are huge. Yeah, it's 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 a big one, uh, especially like you said, being able to talk to you too, and and, mm-hmm. and being able to understand you. I think that's what Rob did really well. Yes, uh, 
and and he kind of was so good. He kind of like reeled me in a little bit. Like I, I'm the type I, I'm just kind of go go go, and I kind of think higher to myself than maybe even. I am, but that's just how I am. So, but that's how you have confidence. Right? Yeah. So, but he was the type to kind of reel me in, and and he used to even tell me like, "Hey, you don't got to get hit so much." Or you know, I'll I'll stand in front of a guy and just like, especially when I was younger, it was a little even worse. And you know, because mm-hmm. that's just how I be feeling. Right. But you know, he was kind of the type to to reel me in more than anything. It's not like he would tell me one specific techniques or or it, it was even about his style or anything like that. It was just the way that he was able to to kind of get through to me and kind of yeah. make me understand what it is that I'm trying to do. Yeah. And you guys, you guys had just a good relationship too. He was such a good guy, man. Yeah, yeah, such a good yeah. dude. To, I mean, just, just losing him. I mean, for, it was devastating for the whole mixed martial arts world, but losing him for you had to be a real, just a, a, a giant change in your career. Yeah. It's a, uh, which it, fight did he die before? Uh, he died right after the Tony fight. Mm. which is a whole nother piece of it. You know, I, I know he had a whole lot of uh, uh, things going on early in his life, especially, you know, with his family. And um, when we went to his, his memorial and people were kind of explaining, you know, what it's like growing up in a, uh, uh, he grew up a uh, Jehovah witness. So he's like explaining what it's like to grow up like that. And, you know, to try and get away from that and having your family disown you yeah. and how like that can, I, I, I understand, I understand the importance of family. So I, I can get that. But then even I'm like, man, you know, they would tell us he, we were more so keeping him alive longer than, than anything. So I'm like, man, if I would have won that fight with Tony, it's like, fuck, what he should, would he still be here? You know what wow. I mean? Those are the type of like, like, did I do it to myself almost? But I already know. I'm already at the point where I kind of got over it a little bit, and I kind of understand that I'm not going to be able to replace him by any means. Uh, but I am going to have to get that person who can still speak to me in that same light. You know, the only way that I'm gonna make it right is to win that title and and do it for him. You know, he he yeah. kind of saw that for me. And he was kind of the one to give me that confidence to say, because he, he's already coached multiple UFC champions. So when he told me that that he could see me being a champ, that really, like, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I didn't really, like, I, I kind of yeah. got it a little bit, but I didn't really know it until, like, he gave me that kind of confidence. Right. Um. So the only thing that's going to make it right is to go out there and win that title. And that's, that's if I got, no matter what I got to do, I'm not stopping until I do it. So. Are you 100% committed to 170 now? Yeah, I think so. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's right. Um, you look like you're about 190 now, right? Yeah, I'm just about. I'm. I'm about 185, 186, um, which is normally what I would be about getting ready for a 55 pound fight too. Um, <laughs> actually, when I stepped into the cage, I was lighter uh, going into this fight than I was for some of my my 55 pound fights. Really? Um, yeah, I, I walked in about 181, um, and like for the Tony fight, it was 184. So, you know, that Tony like, fight was a mess because of the staff, right? Like, yeah, did that, you guys have a decision where you had to make whether or not you're going to pull out of the fight? Yeah, I mean, 
I, I tried my best to keep it from everybody, so and and I kind of succeeded in that. Um, I mean, really, the you only put ones, something over it at the weigh-ins, right? Yeah, I put a, a makeup by the, the <laughs> Susie, the girl. She uh, she did it for me, but you know that really just made the 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 weight cut and my body much worse. I mean, I I don't really look at that fight and, and say that Tony's a dog, and I kind of give that to him, you know, for and, sure. I, and I kind of. Uh, uh, I learned a lot about myself from from that fight, even, uh, and and then fights after that. I've I've had a lot of tough weight cuts going into them, so I don't really uh, I don't really put too much. That into first it. round, though, man. Before you got tired, you had a mounted, and that was a it was a big first round for you. Yeah, that uh, yeah, but that was one of the fights where, I, if I would have listened to Rob in that fight. I would already be the champion, and and then everything would look different. You know, I would already fought McGregor by now, uh, and then the whole sport would have looked different. I think, uh, but I didn't listen to him. And I what did I, he tell you that you didn't listen to? He tried to tell me to calm down. <laughs> like when you see me like walk out for that fight, right? I was on. I wasn't even like on ten. I was on twelve. I was on twelve from the morning that I woke up. Until you know the until the fight ended, uh, and that adrenaline pump and that I mean I I never felt like that since I probably don't I don't really want to feel like that either. Uh, I was when I stepped into the arena that night. You know we get there about two hours before the fight actually is going on. I was ready to fight, and when I was warming up, I was ready to fight. I was fighting people in the back. I, there was no warm up. <laughs> there was no warm up. I was I was fighting. No, how how much did that staff fuck with you? I, th- I think it, it put me into a state of, of fight or flight. Because you for, knew you were for, compromised. For days before. You know, not even just that, that you know, the day of the fight. Right. Put me in that state for, for days before where it made the weight cut uh, so horrible. Like, because my body's just trying to hold on to everything and trying to, you know, when I woke up that morning, I was about 162. I woke up at 5 a.m. Weigh-ins are at 9 a.m. I have to be 155. So I've got seven pounds to to cut, which is okay. You know, it's it's not too bad. Cut about nine pounds the day before. I'm a little dehydrated. I'm a little, you know, I'm a little already worn. But uh, as the weight cut was going, you know, we got till about eight o'clock and I had only cut a pound and a half. So I still 161 and a half something at eight o'clock. Weigh-ins are at nine o'clock to the point where we got to do something. So they start put me in the bathtub just because we we do most of our cuts in the bath you know when you when you're in uh high humidity you you're going to cut more water weight or you're going to sweat more uh and water is obviously 100% humidity um so they start throwing boiling hot water because we couldn't get the water hot enough to make me sweat oh, more Jesus Christ so we just taking kettles of of hot water and just pouring it on me uh, and you know, doctors are in and out. There's ten, twelve people in and out of the the, the hotel room to make sure I'm okay, uh, and to make sure that I could cut the weight. And I was just in such a like an adrenaline, f- f- fucking like on ten. I'm like, just get, out, you know. I'm screaming at everybody. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I literally, I was in the tub. I was crying. Like, wow. But to me, I was like, there's no way I'm not making this weight. And. Six pounds in about an hour, maybe two hours, because I weighed in about nine o'clock or so, uh, or I mean uh, about nine thirty, ten or so. Um, six pounds in two hours is <laughs> it was brutal, but I think that just kept me at such a 
such a 10 on my adrenaline level, I never really understood how to bring it back down, you know? Mm. And, and Rob would try and talk to me and try and tell me, like, hey, calm down, like, you know, take a few deep breaths. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm breathing, whatever. I wasn't, I wasn't listening to it, so. Mm. Now, when did you know you had staff? Uh, the Sunday. The Sunday of the fight? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Sunday of the fight. So, so you had a whole week to think about it almost. Yeah, I mean, I didn't Six think days. about it like that. I was, you just to be noticed? honest with you. Yeah. I, what did you notice? I noticed, like, a, a little... Uh, just a bump and it and it got like really big and i thought a spider head bit me or something mm. um and you know it for for sunday i just kind of you know i didn't think about it i wasn't training that day so it was nothing when i went in on, on monday uh uh dewey was actually the one uh dewey cooper my mm-hmm. my uh striking coach he was the one to kind of notice it and he was like hey is, is that all right and you know uh and then rob when he took a look at it he was like oh yeah that's that's staff for sure and uh you know i just kind of what do you do when that happens? If you can't, if you not, you decided not to take antibiotics. Yeah, yeah. So what do you do? <laughs> I roughed it. I was just like, roughed it. You didn't put anything topical on it, or was there was there a, a scratch that got infected or a cut? I honestly have no idea. Mm. When I, just when I woke up on Sunday, it was just was sticking out of my chest till about about right here, and it. I thought it was a spider bite or something. You know, I, yeah. I had never really had staff like that before. Um, I knew guys who had had it, especially through college wrestling. Uh, those rooms are just so dirty and filthy mm. um, that I seen other people with it, but it didn't look like that. You know what I mean? You normally look like a, uh, 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 you know, you have an open wound or something, and mm-hmm. then that'll get yellow and pussy and right. disgusting. But this was underneath my skin, so mm. it was not like an open wound or anything. Right. Um, when I talked to doctors, they said it was just on the, the layer of muscle, I guess, or, or something, huh. um, and kind of sticking out from it. Um, at the time, I didn't really know what that meant. Like, he said it was staff, and I was like, okay, you know, like— I still feel good. Like, I can still move around. Like, we hit pads that day. I still felt good. You know, I can. I was like, I'm showing up to fight. You know, I. I when so, I you didn't put anything on it, or there's no. So, for six days, you just trained and, and did everything with that staff. And that was kind of yeah. like the last thing on my mind, even. Right. You know, I, I, I was there to fight. When I, when I, when I signed the contract, I. I'm showing up to the fight. Like, I, I haven't pulled out of a fight yet. Right. Uh, when I say I'm going to do something, I'm, I'm going. I'm going to go ahead and do it regardless if, if my leg was halfway falling off. It's like, shit, I still got another one. You know, I still got five more toes on the other leg. So Right, but looking back on it now, are you happy that you made the decision that you made? Oh, yeah, it wasn't smart, but, you know. But you would have done it again tomorrow. Yeah, I would have done it again. Yeah. Wow. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, first world title fight, you know. Do you do anything to, to prevent staff? Do you use, like, defense soap or anything like that? Yeah, ever since you actually hooked me up with yeah. uh, with those guys at defense. Oh, thank you. Uh, Glad you did that. Yeah, they, they've they been great. So, they're great. Uh, Shout I, out I, to Guy. Yeah, yeah. Guy Sacco. They're awesome. So now I just take way more preventive uh, uh, ways. Measures, yeah. Yeah, I haven't had anything flare up on me since. Uh, do you take probiotics? Uh, here and there, here and there. It's I, a good yeah, way to prevent that as well. It also helps prevent ringworm. Mm-hmm. I try. I try my best to eat as many, many natural foods, uh, and, and especially like a lot of yogurts and, and, mm-hmm. and kefir is one of them. Cool. Uh, so you know, I try and stay on top of it, and uh, at least I, I not, no flare up has been happening since. You know, I shower every time. I make sure like I'm on top of it. I make sure I bring my soap and I shower because <laughs> you don't want that again. It's mostly the the you know yeah the fight didn't go my way or whatever, uh, but it was about three or four weeks after that fight where I was just. 
wrecked. The, oh, I was wrecked. I was just in the worst shape ever. And when when it, when I got on those antibiotics, I just fucking kills people. Staff, barely staff kills people. It was yeah. terrible. People terrible. that ignore staff, I, I want to scream at them. I'm like, listen, man, you you could die. This it seems like you just got an infection, but that shit gets systemic. It gets in your bloodstream, and you could fucking die. One of my friend Brian Callen's friend's wife died, wow. and he went over the house, and she was like. You know, some people get crazy with holistic stuff. Oh, she's mm. just going to try natural healing. And he's like, get her to a fucking doctor. He's like, her gums were bleeding. Jesus. Yeah, it had gotten systemic and she wound up dying. Jesus. Yeah, man, from staff. I've had it twice. And uh, the, the first time I had it, I, when I got on the antibiotics, first of all, the antibiotics. Yeah. Just kick your ass. The fact that Luke Rockhold won the fucking title against Chris Weidman while he was on antibiotics shows you what a stud that guy is. Yes. Yeah, because that shit kicks your ass. He had he had staff when he fought Weidman. Mm. I didn't know that actually. Yeah, but he was wrecked. Wrecked. I, I know those antibiotics fight. mess you up bad. You uh, know, I, I've done them once for like a sore throat or or, mm-hmm. or, or something uh, earlier, um, a couple years ago, and it just wrecked me bad. So I knew like going into that fight, I was like. I'd rather have the staff than the antibiotics. I was like, I, I haven't had staff before. I've had the antibiotics. I know what they're going to do to me. So I was thinking that when you fought and afterwards talking to you about it, I think you probably made the right move to not do antibiotics. But I don't know. I'm not a doctor. But I was thinking that, that it, it just weakens you so much. You know, it's just... You you live and learn from these things, I mm-hmm. think. You know, and it's it's, it's just part of the, the journey. And, and before I would have, like, that where I wanted everything to be perfect or I wanted everything to kind of be the way I saw it you know uh, especially like starting out the career like everybody wants to be Floyd when you right, 50 right, right. and 0 and, and it's just yep. you're not getting touched and it's just easy <laughs> right. uh, but then when you take a look back at that and you don't see like how many amateur fights Floyd had and, sure. you know he's got his dad who fought he's got his uncles and his whole mm-hmm. family been fighting yep. so he's learned from all their mistakes and all their losses yep. and everything uh, to where it's like I'm the first one in my family to even ever think about this so you go and bump your head here and there, and it just yeah. is what it is. You Comparison know? is a thief of joy. Yeah, no. it's, you can't, you can't do that. You got to just think about being the best that That's you can hard, be. Though. It's it is hard. hard bro. It's very hard. You can be inspired hard. by people, but comparing yourself to their path, everybody's got a different path. Everyone's got different genetics, right? Some people yeah. are just better at certain things. Some people are. Some people struggle with certain aspects of the sport. Mm. I mean, that's it's everyone's got their own individual challenge. I mean, it's one of the things that's so interesting about it is watching people adapt and grow. Yeah. And so you're in that stage right now, right? You're still young. You're still a top contender. You're still one of the best fighters in the division. You just have to kind of figure out what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. So what, what are you thinking right now? So I'm leaving uh, straight from here. Uh, I'm going to go to Phoenix uh, for about a week and work with uh, John Crouch. John Crouch? Great. Yeah. Great uh, idea. Love that guy. Yeah, he, he, he's great. Outstanding. I mean, even seeing like the way his coach is style. I've never worked with him before, but we have a mutual kind of respect. Um, yeah. I fought a couple of his guys before, and, and uh, so he's definitely— He's one of the masters. He's one of the guys yeah. I want to pick his yeah. brain. Uh, and I kind of want to go to a couple of different places and, and just see how they are. You know, I'm going to go mm-hmm. from there to uh, to Colorado and work with Trevor Whitman. Excellent. Um, and then go right to uh, Montreal and work with Ross. That's what's Hobby. up. That's what's uh, up. I all like three, it. though. The, all all three, all I amazing. Think are great yeah. minds. Yes. Um, as I go to each place, I'm going to kind of see what I like and what I don't like about each one, you know, and yeah. see how they see how everything is there mm-hmm. you know the life and you know yeah. uh uh what, what training partners and, and and all these other things because that's just as important too so absolutely um, yeah 
I think also a shock to the system is important, like moving, going to a new camp, going yeah. to a new environment, because you want you want to shine. Yeah. And also, and you realize, like, man, everything's on the line here. Like, you, you've literally uprooted your life, moved to some new place, mm-hmm. and it makes you be more dedicated. It makes you realize you can't just fuck off here. Like, yeah. this is this is the real world. You're a real world class fighter, and you're you're on your path to attempt to become a world champion, and this is the best way to do it. I, th- I think it's so critical for fighters to make decisions and make changes and make moves when they know that they they have a, a missing piece mm. of the puzzle. Mm. You know, they're they're, ma- they're they're missing a master coach or they're missing a you know a great wrestling coach or a great striking coach, whatever the, whatever the fuck it is, a great environment with world class fighters, whatever it is. Mm. Have you talked to Jacksons? Have you talked to those guys at all? I, I haven't, um, but you know, I know uh, uh, Brandon Gibson down there, mm-hmm. and I've been wanting to work with him for for a long time. Yeah. Um, I, I I might you know I don't I don't know uh, this is this this little trip is going to take up six weeks at a time and then I figure when I get back to Vegas and kind of regroup and be able to make some decisions from there on on, on what's going to happen um, I, I haven't done something like this until I since I moved to Vegas uh, mm-hmm. in the first place where I just kind of packed up my car and just start driving west uh, and you know mm. was sleeping out of my car where were you at before that uh, I was still in Detroit I oh was still, so you uh, went right from Detroit right to Vegas yeah yeah I was oh, still wow. Uh, I was still in college uh, when oh, I got the call. Shit. So, you know, that was like the time where I'm like, I don't know which way my life is going to go. You know, I had, right. I had got done with the fight with uh, Al Iaquinta, my debut. And after that fight, I was like, I got to make some changes. I just didn't know what. Mm-hmm. And that was just as scary a time as now, you know, even though now, like, I ain't, I ain't sleeping out my car, you know what I mean? I, and I ain't eating whatever I can. I can eat some nice, uh, I can go to restaurants and, you know, but it's still kind of feels the same you know it's mm-hmm. still that same uh it's scary you know I n- no lie because i don't necessarily know what it's gonna look like but i ain't never really let that stop me either so what about american top team you thought about that at all i i, I have i mean i know a lot of guys have moved down to florida um you know what the problem with florida is it's it's too nice. It's too nice. <laughs> it's the too girls. nice. It's too yeah yeah. It's too like. There's too many crazy freaks down there. But then you know pe- people say the same thing about <laughs> Vegas too though. You know when I first yes. moved to Vegas, uh, I think Dana had did an interview or something maybe like a month after I moved there, and he was saying how hard it is for a fighter to make it from Vegas. And even at the time, I was like, you know, really nothing to me. Like I don't really. I try and stay focused, you know what I mean? I, I, I try and keep mm-hmm. a bigger bigger picture uh, in my head. I don't really let the shit get to me too much. So if I do move down to Florida, I don't think I'm going to just be on the beach kind of sitting right. back. I see some guys do it, you know what yeah. I mean? I've seen guys move down there and just get caught up in that lifestyle of, mm-hmm. of sitting back. It's just... It seems to me that Vegas, if you stay away from the Strip, you'd be all right. Yeah. But yeah. Miami's the whole Strip. Yeah, yeah, true. It's, it's, <laughs> it it's might all, be a little harder. It's everything. It's all of Miami. And it's the attitude down there. Everybody just parties, man. Yeah, yeah. It's everybody else, too. That's, it's yeah. a big influence. You know so. Will Harris from uh, the, what is his uh, production inside, with A Fighter's Life? Is that what it is? Anatomy, Anatomy of a Fighter. Anatomy of a Fighter. Yep, Anatomy yep. of a Fighter. 
he, he was just telling me about he just went down there and he was thinking about moving there until like he spent like four days there and he's like get the fuck out of here i can't live here this is crazy these people are crazy he said you should need a passport i'm like that's what i've been saying it's like a different world it's a different country they're up it's a party country down there yeah i've only been once to to miami uh i've got a cousin that lived there and uh i mean i went out with the intention of, of partying but i was like I'm, i mean obviously I'm, I'm look, good on it kamaru usman lives there yeah. you can be a champion out of there mm-hmm. robbie lawler's from there you can be a champion champion out there it's one of the best gyms in the world but it's in terms of distractions it, the, the, the of hard distractions. part for for uh places like that is I, i'm missing that mind you know what i mean uh they got a lot of great fighters down there and they got a lot of i, I feel like the training and in in the uh 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 atmosphere and you know the training partners and everything could be great but i'm, I'm missing that 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 great mind and, and you know do you know mike brown I've I've met Mike a few times. And, He's a brilliant and guy. Brilliant guy. Respect, but we haven't really like. Yeah, have a conversation yet, you know with I mean? him. Have a conversation with him too. I mean, if you want to really decide what what clicks with you better, I'm I'm a big fan of Mike Brown. Mm. And obviously, Ricardo Laborio is a fantastic mm-hmm. jujitsu coach, and you know, and I'm I'm just a whole fan of the the whole organization. You know, when the way they put it together. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be. Uh, it might be something that I, I might. Look at you know it may maybe towards uh, the end of the summer or something like that. I kind of already got this trip uh, set and planned, so I'm just like I'm about to pull the trigger on it and, and, mm. and see where to take me. Beautiful. But, well, I'm I'm very glad that you're doing that. That you're making changes and 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 trying to see you know where, yeah. where the right spot is for you. Yeah, I mean uh, immediately after the fight is like when it when it doesn't go your way or the way that you you necessarily see it is it's discouraging. It's all hell. You know you're like. Fuck, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. I don't know if I'm I'm seeing right, you know. Uh, before the fight, in, in the locker room, and this doesn't happen very often, but I just, I felt like I was seeing certain things. And, and, and I don't necessarily, I'm not a religious guy like that or anything. And I don't really like believing, I don't necessarily know what. But when when certain things started to click for me, like, when you're on your way to work and you just like you're hitting every green light and then like, you know, somebody comes up to you, they're going to say something, you know what they're going to say. And then you got the, the, the time for the perfect answer. It, it was kind of like that type of, of 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 feeling that I was having. So I just felt like everything was like coming together right. And my confidence was like boosting up so much before going. And, you know, I think the warm up was perfect. The weight cut was, per- you know, it really wasn't a weight cut. It is everything was perfect going into the fight. So then when it didn't go my way, it's like. It was discouraging a little bit, you know what I mean? I was like, f- "Fuck!" I didn't know what I necessarily was doing wrong, or 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 right. if I was on the right path, you know. But which leads you to think that you need a coach? Yeah, I need somebody yeah. smarter than me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's just the real <laughs> man. Everybody's smarter than you. That's not you, you know, because true. like they could see you in a way that you can't see yourself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, your, your friends are always smarter than you. Yeah, because they just, go, "Hey, man, you, you got to stop doing that." Like, really? <laughs> yeah, man, you're fucking up. Like, really? Oh shit! Yeah, you don't see it because I'm in it. Like, yes. How do I know? Huh? Yeah, it's that's his life, man. That's life. I mean, it's so important to have people around you that understand you and know you. Yeah. It's, if you don't have and and then also someone that you really trust and appreciate as a coach, mm. it's so gigantic, man. Yeah, I think and especially for fighting because fighting is such a, a a personal thing to me. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like that's why I never really worked with uh, any of the guys at the UFCPI. Like they've got everything there, and they've got you know, and, and even the coaches are great and all. But it's like I need that. 
I need to be able to trust you with my life. Like yes. that's really what it is. Yes. Like no one's died inside the octagon yet. But knock on wood. Knock on wood. Yeah, just yeah. nice table. Yeah, too. I mean, so, shit. You know, we've had a lot of crazy fights. You know. So when I get get ready to do it, I go into it with that expectation. You yeah. know, if you're the one, you don't care how many people haven't right, right. died doing it. You right. know, you're it's hundred percent for you the right. chances. Yeah. So I, I need to be able to trust every. I need to trust you with my life almost. You yeah. know, and uh, you know. It's it's hard to find that though. The reason why I recommended Faraz Sahabi is first of all he's one of the smartest guys I've ever talked to. Faraz is a fucking genius, mm. Le- legitimate genius. Knows everything about MMA. Mm. I mean, there's not a, a stone unturned. And he coached GSP. And I feel like your style and GSP style are very similar, and mm. that you both are very good wrestlers, and you're both very good at mixing up the wrestling and the striking, mm. where you don't see anything, you don't know what's coming. And you're both you don't both don't have any weaknesses. You have an awesome submission game. GSP has an awesome submission game. You have great wrestling, great striking. It's very similar. And I think that his experience in coaching one of the greatest of all time in George St. Pierre would would lend would just slide right into coaching someone like you. I really believe that. Yeah, I think for as I'm getting closer to it, you know, I'll know more when I when I get there. But that's the uh, last stop. Yeah, that's the last stop on it. That's uh, the best and, stop. And, and kind of the longest of, of it, too. Yeah. I kind of had already thought that. If I was a young but... man and I was thinking about fighting, I think I'd move to Montreal. Yeah. No. I think he's got a special mind. Mm-hmm. I do. You know, and, I, and and it's not to take away from any of the brilliant coaches. I mean, I think you could be a world champion with Duke Rufus, who's also a brilliant guy and mm-hmm. an amazing coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no bad stop for you. Mm-hmm. But there's just something about you and Faraz Sahabi that I just feel like... Yeah, when I met him, uh, and I, and I sat next to him, and we, we had dinner together. As soon as I sat down next to him, he told me everything I did wrong in the Tony fight, like yeah. right out the gate. And I was like, "Bingo!" Right yeah, on the money, yeah. right? Just, I mean, he's but he's he's sharp. a genius. He's man. sharp. He's he's smart. You yeah. Know? Uh, so yeah, I mean, but then again, Whitman, I I've, I work with Whitman too, and, and and Whitman is a really experienced dude. You know, he's he's coached so many people he's seen so many different styles mm-hmm. and done it himself a lot too so you know uh, what i love about whitman when justin gagey flatlines people whitman acts like nothing even happened yeah he's yeah. like he knew it was gonna happen yeah. it, it's crazy like everybody's jumping and cheering and whitman like yep <laughs> i think it's because he's seen so many he, he may have, have been on the the other side of that too where mm-hmm. you know it's your sure. guy getting knocked out too so sure you know it's like you said it's two people going in there somebody's got to lose so yep. he, he's been around the game long enough to where he understands the other side of it too yes and, you know he ain't gonna go crazy and yes. you know yeah because uh, that guy's got a family that guy's got people that yeah. he's trying to take care of he's got every right. other motivation that you got too you know yeah yeah really yeah um, I think the, the, there's also the culture shock of moving to Montreal would be good for you too. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I've been I spent some time in. It's in cold in as bed. fuck, son. <laughs> That's why I left Detroit. Those <laughs> Januarys. Oh, no, oh my god, I've been to Montreal in January. It's like yikes. You That's go outside, you got that thick fog coming out of your mouth. Yeah. <sighs> Woo! That's why I'm going to June. <laughs> Yeah, going June, but it's but, good for you, man. I think it's good for you. I feel like that that cold might it might be something to that. You know, the best wrestlers and everything are always from the Midwest and, and from that cold. And you know why? Because uh, they develop character. 
Yeah, I, I think it is something to that. You know? It's 100%. Yeah. There's a soft ass people out here in California, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so easy. Vegas, no It's different. so easy to yeah. get by. All my friends from Boston that come out to California go, people are fucking soft out here. Yeah, they, they don't have to shovel snow, they don't have to worry about freezing to death. You know, if your car breaks down in Boston, you're 10 miles from your house, you might freeze to death. Yeah. yeah. That's real. You know, yeah. That's real. You better keep a blanket in that bitch. Yeah, yeah. You, you better, better have be a tough. fucking sleeping bag and a candle. You know, ah! and I think it give you like different, different morals and different like yes. different character to you. You know, yes. you, you 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 value things a little bit differently. I think so. Yeah. In that cold, you know, yep. Detroit was the same way. Yep. It's like seven months out the year you spending that time indoors and <laughs> yep. around, and, and, and it builds like your, your family and everything because yes. you ain't gonna be inside with. Some fucking schmo from down the street that you don't want to, you know. Right. Yeah. You have to count on each other, too, when it gets yeah. fucking cold. Yeah. Because everybody's in this together. Yeah. Literally. Literally. We yeah. all is fucking cold. We ain't going up there. It's also like a, a vulnerability to nature that mm-hmm. just forces you to accept your place in the universe. Like, you are, you are vulnerable. You're very vulnerable. In California, your wife could kick you out. You're like, fuck you, bitch. I'll sleep on the lawn. You can go sleep on the lawn. You don't have to worry about nothing. You know, you're, you'd be fine in January. You could sleep on the lawn with a good jacket on in California. It you know? is gorgeous too. You could just get in your car and just drive down to the beach and yeah, you know, exactly. You're living in. A, yeah, I it's mean, too easy to me. I think it's paradise, but you it's know. too easy. <laughs> but then you talk to people who they've spent their whole life here and they don't see sure. it that way. So maybe well, how about it's all people from Brazil? I mean, how badass are people from Brazil? And that's fucking paradise too. Uh, yeah, but it's yeah. rough, rough paradise. Yeah, it, it's a little different down in Brazil. You know, I, I think yeah. uh, uh, a lot crime yeah I, I i get them brazilians a lot of respect they they you know some of them they really uh uh they come up out of nothing you know yep. and, and literally yep. out of nothing yep. and to build that respect around they they community and stuff mm. I, I give it to them like, i do as well and you know you got to give it up to them for creating brazilian jiu-jitsu i mean they, they yeah. essentially revolutionized jiu-jitsu yeah. yeah i mean the 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 gracie family is the most important family in the history of martial arts and what they did with Brazil and Brazilian jiu-jitsu and how Brazilian jiu-jitsu evolved in that country, you know, just they took to it like a duck to water, man. Yeah, I wonder what it is about uh, Brazil that, that that was like the one place to, to stick. You know, I, 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 I think, think that's- if they if that Count Maeda had gone anywhere else, if he had landed and, and talked to some other dude somewhere, mm-hmm. I think they got lucky. They found Elio Gracie and Carlos Gracie and they found some dudes who were just straight-up warriors. Mm. And they taught those guys, and those guys were, I mean, Elio Gracie just really, him and Carlos just thought it through. Yeah. And then were willing to test it in real competition against people much larger than them. Mm. The fact that Elio was a small man, he wasn't a large-framed man, is the reason why Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu became so effective. Because mm. Elio had to fight off of his back. He had to tire out bigger guys first. Mm. They had to develop the the concept of cooking your opponent. Mm. You know, all that wasn't in Japanese jiu-jitsu. It wasn't in judo. Judo's a beautiful, elegant martial arts with fantastic technique and powerful moves, but it wasn't Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Brazilian jiu-jitsu is largely a part of this one dynamic, incredible family. And if you look at that family, all the fucking champions, Hoyce, Horian, Hickson, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, come on, yeah. man. Hoyler. hundreds of them, I Fucking feel like. crazy. Yeah. And yeah. now Crone. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, what a fucking family, man. Yeah. Henzo. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, high end. I mean, just just Gracie after Gracie. Genetics. You, you you saw Gracie like, oh no, <laughs> killers, just straight killers. Yeah, I mean, the game has changed a little bit since Carlson. then. But don't but, forget Carlson Gracie too. Uh, yeah. The game has changed a little bit since then, it but it, but it has been because of them. I feel sure like, you it's know. it evolved in that area and sprung out. And of course, you know, obviously, there's you know Muay Thai from Thailand, Dutch kickboxing, American mm-hmm. wrestling. There's so many different factors, Russian wrestling, mm-hmm. so many different factors that come into what we now call mixed martial arts today. Mm-hmm. But man, I just keep thinking that if it wasn't for that one family, who the fuck knows? Because the part of what made the Ultimate Fighter so spectacular, or the Ultimate Fighting Championship rather, in, in the first two ones, was Hoist Gracie being this guy who's not this physically terrifying guy? Like if it was Mark Coleman, mm-hmm. if Mark Coleman, pounds <laughs> just fucking jacked, yeah. two sixty five <laughs> with muscles up yeah. to his neck, straight up to the top of his head, his neck would just like come off of his shoulders. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. huge. If he won, you'd be like, yeah, that Expect makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But when Hoist won, everybody was like, shit, I gotta learn jujitsu. Yeah, like yeah. look, that guy choked yeah. that dude out with his legs. Yeah. Like, I remember people at home were going, what the fuck is this? That's what makes fighting so great, because you never know what's going to what's gonna yeah. happen in, in real fight, you know, yeah. true, true sure. fight. I mean, even in boxing, too, you know, you see some some crazy shit, like Anthony Joshua just yes. getting beat. Uh, but, it, you know, you, but I think in MMA, it's 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 even more, just because there's so many different options. And I have really it upon, from a good source, that Anthony Joshua got dropped in sparring the week of the fight. Wow. And he got hurt real bad the week of the fight and that he was very tentative coming into that fight huh. and very vulnerable, you which makes ca- sense. You could kind of see it on him a little bit. Even you know, in when, the first round. When you, when you even walking out, you know, you can kind of mm-hmm. see his, his, his look and, and it's a little glazy. It's a little, uh, a little uh, out of it. You know, I, I figured that it was just coming over to America for the first time and, you know, being in, in, in New York and uh, it's a lot of... That's that's a lot of pressure and a lot of uh, uh, you know, especially when you talk about Deontay Wilder like knocking the dude into into like the next century, like the week before. Did you see so that video? Like, Fuck, I that gotta I, fight him. <laughs> did you see that video that I posted on Instagram from that dude who does an- animation? Uh, no, no. I oh my god, there's two amazing ones. Pull up first of all, pull up the Deontay Wilder one because he has uh, the the fucking glove from uh, the Avengers. And he he hits this dude. This, the guy oh, did this oh, incredible. Ray Rod, Ray Rod did it. Yeah, yeah, Ray yeah, Rod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's no, incredible. Yeah. yeah, he's crazy. That guy's yeah. animation, yeah, awesome. his graphics are amazing. Yeah. But uh, he did one for Deontay, and then he did an even more hilarious one for Andy Ruiz. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I, I didn't see the Andy. I, I did see the one with Deontay. Uh, oh, you saw that one. I didn't one? see it through yours. But, okay, you so know, put up, pull up the Ruiz one then. Yeah. So you can see when he when he drops Joshua. Watch this shit. It's hilarious, man. The guy's so good. Give us some volume too. Can we do that? Or was it the the, the soundtrack to? You think we'll get in trouble for that? I don't know. Yeah, no volume. All right, no volume. Just play the video. Watch this. So, <laughs> see, even the way when you're looking at Joshua after the fact, look at this. <laughs> yeah. And then it, 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 his body. His body's still there, but his spirit. <laughs> gets, like he's got awesome. a roller. British he's got a roller bag. He's going through the airport. His spirit. He's got Tweety Birds floating around his head while Anthony Joshua is still on the ground. His spirit gets into a plane and flies away. <laughs> 
That was awesome. That guy, that dude was awesome. It's so amazing how he did that. The next day, the day after the fight, that was out. People are getting crazy with like what they can do. Yeah, it it makes you jealous a little bit. It's like I know, right? You know, wish I even had that kind of creative process to think it through, let alone like go through with it. You know, I know people are getting crazy. That guy's a master, though. His 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 ability to do is the Deontay Wilder one. Boom. Yeah, I mean that is crazy. And then when Deontay moves away with the eyes glowing, <laughs> that's awesome. He has the craziest power I've ever seen in the heavyweight division. Yeah, he's, it's he's so special. weird. Yeah, yeah. It's so weird his power. And you know when he fought Tyson Fury, he weighed two oh nine. Yeah, that's all he really? weighed. Two oh nine. Wow, crazy. Wow. Yeah, he wasn't trying to be light either. He just that's just what he wound up weighing. You know, I think he's one of those guys that can find your chin. Yep. Uh, like certain guys, like have a weird kind mm-hmm. of. You know, he's kind of gangly anyway, but he, he can, they, punches are coming from odd yeah. angles. He's got the power and everything too, but it's more than power. It's like, yeah. he's finding your chin in there. and it's, He's uh, got chin finding intelligence. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. got that home seeking <laughs> missile. You I know mean, that? the fact that he dropped Tyson Fury like that in the 12th round of a fight where he was kind of getting outboxed other than dropping him once. Mm-hmm. But the way he hit him in that 12th round, I was like, God damn, he knocked him out in the 12th round. I, I look at that and I'm like, to not get discouraged, you know what I mean? Like, that's some serious belief in in the type of power that you got. Mm-hmm. If yeah. after 12 rounds you ain't landed the shot right. and you can still kind of muster it up in, in the 12th, it's, it, as a fighter, I kind of look at that I'm like, damn, like, that's a lot of, of, of you got to give it to him. Like, you got to oh, take yeah. your head off to him. It's like He's got crazy endurance, too. That's the other thing. He must have a phenomenal work ethic because he's never tired. Yeah. And he carries that power yeah. deep into the 12th round. Yeah. A lot of times, guys that hit real hard like that, after you get past six, seven rounds, they start to fade, especially in the heavyweight division. But Deontay moves just as fast, hits just as hard in the twelfth as he does in the first. It, it might be something too, uh, keep keeping his weight too, like that. Like you say, he's only two hundred nine pounds. He was heavier uh, for this fight, for the Dominic Brazil fight. Apparently, he was he was quite a bit heavier. Uh, how much heavier do you think? You know, I think he was two thirty or something. Oh, see, wow. see what he weighed. Oh, okay, that's a lot of weight. Yeah, see what he weighed. Uh, what what Deontay Wilder weighed in for Dominic Brazil? I think I think that I was kind of shocked that he was somewhere in the two thirties, mm-hmm. which is like a normal heavyweight. 220? 223. Oh, okay. Okay. You know, not, not still, much different. Still yeah, pretty still, light. Still, still a little bit of weight. But well, Tyson was 218, remember, when he was in right. his prime? Tyson yeah. wasn't even two, 220. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I think it's uh, it, it's definitely something to that, you know? Maybe yeah. uh, uh, it, that's just what their natural uh, weight is, you know? I think right. it's... As I'm getting a little bit more deeper into the game, it, it, it might be something. That's why I think I'm going to stay at 170. Mm-hmm. Uh, even from now, I think you, you show up healthier and... It's it's just if you got that experience, if you've already been fighting a lot of heavyweights like how he has, it's not like a two hundred sixty five pound dude is gonna shock him, you know what I mean? Or two forty or Well, it's also or, because there's no wrestling. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. That it's it's a big factor in it. Um Yeah, I think it's a giant factor. Yeah. But yeah. then again, look at Cain Velasquez. When Cain was at his prime, he was about 240. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when he fought Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar was quite a bit bigger than him. Mm-hmm. But it, it didn't matter. I mean, Cain fought a lot of guys who were bigger than him. Yeah, the, the wrestling is, is probably <laughs> the biggest reason I think a lot of us cut weight in, in mm-hmm. MMA, for sure. I mean, that's yeah. that's where uh, that's where you can feel the most weight, too. You know, sure. when, I, when I was going against uh, Dos Anjos, it's, it's like... I didn't necessarily feel he was any stronger than me or any stronger than any 55-pounder that I fought before. Uh, but when it, when it, I kind of would have him pressed or whatever, and I could kind of feel the the, the, the weight of that uh, 
you know, on my back and, and just carrying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes you expend more energy too, you know. I think, it like one, it's like fighting with a 15 pound vest on. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. When, when the fight was over, he that's the first thing he said to me. He's like, yeah, I knew coming up to, to 170, this being your first fight, that you was going to get tired. And I was like, you know, I was like fuck, you could have told me that before, you son of a bitch. Like, they don't do me no good. Nah. He, he's got some but, phenomenal cardio, though. And also, he was coming off the Usman fight, and Usman outworked him. Yeah. So he was yeah. probably, like, extra geared up. Yeah. And Usman's know? bigger than me, too, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, so he, he, he had already felt that. Yes. And he's, he's fought for the title at 170. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of fights at 170 already. Yeah. So he's already felt that that weight. He's uh, also gone through uh, Nick Curson's strength and conditioning routines. You know, he was, uh, I don't know if he's still working with Nick Curson, but Nick Curson was a Marv Marinovich disciple mm-hmm. and just, fun, uh, they do a lot of crazy box jumps and plyometrics. You ever seen him mm-hmm. on Instagram? No, no. Go to no. Speed of Sport on Instagram. I know he did a lot of work with Aaron Pico before mm-hmm. Pico went to Calavita. Mm-hmm. He was doing work with him. He's done a lot of work with a, a lot of pro fighters. Did I think he worked with Joe Schilling. Mm-hmm. He's worked with a lot of guys, but wild strength and conditioning shit a lot of plyos a lot of box jumps and a lot of crazy shit where you you know that that uh uh calf raise bar mm. and they, they they'll do that but with your feet like kick it up and down and up and down like let me see let's see what you got there jamie this is just some of the shit that he has people do is mm. this dos anjos yeah so he was was I wonder if he was training with him for this fight, but it's a lot of this type of shit. Mm-hmm, it's a mm-hmm, lot of mm-hmm. uh, explosive plyometric mm-hmm. shit. And his idea is that when you're in a fight, see this thing, like mm-hmm. they're doing a lot of stuff with that thing, and they'll do it laying on their back with their feet as well. But it's mm-hmm. all this just explosive bouncing stuff. Mm-hmm. And I mean, his philosophy he, he doesn't ever have those guys lift weights mm-hmm. like traditional lifting weights. It's all like plyos, box jumps, exploding, mm-hmm. jumping over hurdles, that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Intense, intense stuff. But mm-hmm. it's, that's the stuff that got BJ Penn into the best shape of his life when BJ Penn fought Sean Shirk, when BJ Penn fought Diego Sanchez. When he was at the top of the food chain, mm-hmm. BJ was working with Marinovich's and he was doing all this crazy cardio workout, which was like the missing link in BJ's arsenal because before BJ's this incredibly talented guy but then he just didn't have the same kind of work ethic and cardio and he just gave himself to Marinovich and just like go ahead dude tell me what to do and mostly what they were doing was strength and conditioning and they were saying basically BJ already knows how to fight Mm -hmm. and the real key was to get his gas tank as fucking thick and fat as possible just give him this giant ass gas tank and give him this capacity to work that's just unprecedented to him and then everything else he already knows how to do. Yeah. So everything else, just do it light, but don't compromise on the strength and conditioning workouts because mm-hmm. that's the most important aspect of the sport. And it's a very, it's a very controversial discussion. Well, what's most important? Yeah, I think you need balance with it all. You know, I uh, think so too. But I used uh, Calvita's methods uh, for this one and came down and seen him a couple times in in Orange County. Uh, what which, kind of stuff did he have you do? That dude's a fucking. He's a mad he's an animal. Bro. Yeah, his workouts are brutal. His ideas are are more. He takes you to exhaustion, and then we do stuff like that, like the explosive stuff and in mm-hmm. uh, uh, different types of movements, and you know, kind of making sure that your legs are still underneath you. But he he puts you on a bike, and and that bike workout is it's like a thirty minute, uh, three minutes, like keeping a hard hard pace on on like a very very high level, and you know he's got you strapped up with all these monitors and everything to to kind of make sure that you're actually hitting your red line. And then the workout starts. So it's about like a three-hour workout, and it's 
draining. It's brutal. It's like three hours. Yes, yes. It's a you. You see some things going through a workout (laughs) like that. You know what I mean? Like you go to a like a dark, dark place, and I I went through a couple of them getting ready for that fight. uh, Where he's just taking with Aaron Pico. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's his garage too. That's where we uh, do the workout. And I mean, it's a brutal. he took a lot of shit after TJ tested positive for EPO. Well, I shit, think- I, I can see why TJ needed it. Okay, after going through some of, them, I was like, shit, I see. What, you know, I like, uh, you know, each his own and and yeah. all that. Uh, but you know, I don't put that on Sam. It's like, you right, know, I, he it, can't. Yeah, I mean, TJ's a grown man. He's right. gonna do what he's gonna do. So. We don't even know if he knew. You know? Yeah, yeah. And 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 speaking with him and everything, he had no idea. He was just as blindsided, right. which is you know, kind of that's unfortunate. Up on, that's yeah. unfortunate for him too. Because uh, everybody was really paying attention to how how scientifically he yeah. was uh, designing and engineering these workouts, yeah. and people yeah. were really excited about it. So it was a you know a bit of a backstep for him as well. Yeah, yeah he uh, he's a smart smart dude. You know, I think he's a, a, a math teacher over at at Cal State or, mm-hmm. or something like that. And yep. um, I mean, genius of a dude. You sit and talk to him, and like he's gonna tell you exactly why he's running you through these these certain things. So. Uh, you know, we, we, we picked up on his uh, uh, philosophies going into this one. And, I, you know, even though I was tired during the fight, it's it's a fight. You're going to be tired. Right. I still had my legs underneath me and, and still uh, uh, could go, you know. Um, so I, I don't know. I, th- I think it was more tactically than anything if I'm going back on it. But, you know. You think it's more it's, the way you approach the pacing, yeah. the way you approach, like, as far as uh, like the strategy of how to face Dos Anjos, yeah. What did yeah. you think was going to happen when you went into the fight? I was going to break him. Just going to run. I wanted to fight. Like you know, I, I think the fight before that with uh, with Al, um, I hated the way that fight went. I hated the way I I, I I showed up for it, and I and I left way too much reserved. And the worst feeling for me, like I, I don't really. I hate losing. I really do. But I don't really get hung up on the results that much. I hate not performing. and At your potential. So if you feel like you performed at your potential and someone does better, then you're like, okay, that's a lesson. Yeah, I, I can learn from that and, and grow from it. But when it's a fight and, and I get done with it, win, loser, or whatever, and I still got a little bit in me and I still like sh- – you know, you walk back to the doctor and I'm still ready to fight and mm-hmm. I still feel that in me. I, I hate that feeling more than anything. Mm. So I, I wanted to make sure that I didn't get this one up, up right. from this one, you know. And and I haven't really uh, had a fight in the UFC yet that has hit kind of where I want it to be, you know. Like I haven't given – people have watched me grow up in, in, in the sport, I feel like, but they ain't really seen like a good fight out of me yet. So. Mm. That's kind of what I was looking for and, and what I was after is just Dos Santos was smart about it in in, in world champion. So, but, you know, yeah, smart. I mean, he's been around the block, man. He's smart, he, man. And he's in a pr- precarious situation himself, right? Because he get dominated by the champ in his last fight. And, you know, I mean, what do you do from there? I mean, he, he beats you, but where is he? It's not like people are clamoring for him to fight for the title again. The good thing is that at 170 is so many good fights to be at. Like, yeah. even for me, it's so many. You know, you got Askren, you got you got uh, uh, Masvidal that he's getting ready to fight. Uh, you got Usman, you got Camaro, you got Pettis and Diaz is back. And, you know, it's so many good fights. I mean, it, there's going to be a great fight for him, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't know how. 
don't yeah. even look at it like that. No, I'm I'm pretty sure as well. I mean, goddamn, both divisions between 55 and 70 are stacked. You were pushing for a 65. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. I still am kind of, but I, I you am know. too. They just don't want to listen. Yeah, nobody. Wants, I, I think I don't 60, see why. change seventy to seventy five. Change sixty five, fifty five, forty five, thirty five. It makes sense. Ten pounds makes sense, but these arbitrary. I think there should be a ninety five too. How about that? That one I can see a little bit just because of how shallow 205 was getting. But now you got so many great fighters at, at 205 even, uh, and you're starting to see that body type that, that's coming through. You know, the Johnny Walker, mm-hmm. uh, the, the kid that just fought uh, the, the last uh, last weekend and knocked out Manuel. Yeah, how do you Sorry, say his I name? I don't know, you know. Uh, he just knocked out Jimmy Manawa. But he's kind of got that similar right, frame right. too as uh, John Jones. And, and, you know, you're starting to see more of those guys. So, How do you say his name? Yeah, man, we're retired. Okay. Just show it to me, and I'll spell it. I'm trying to find it. Doesn't show. Oh, uh, Alexander Rakic or Rakic? Mm-hmm. Rakic. Yeah, Rakic. I think it's Rakic. Yeah, yeah. He's, the, a, he's a fucking beast, man. That step in left high kick was beautiful, brutal. But and, but now they're getting so many guys that they might be able to build a 95 pound oh, class I think so. at one point. But well, they could do 65 right right here and now, and it'd be. You know, stacked. one of the best. Yeah, it'd be yeah. One of the best it's almost like there's ever. too many guys at 55 and 70. I yeah. mean, I think that, and then also like look at the women's flyweight division, the women's or the women's well, the women's flyweight division now, of course, with Shevchenko is going to fight Jessica I this weekend. Mm-hmm. But if you go back to the women's um, uh, strawweight division, mm-hmm. strawweight division when Joanna was champion, everybody's like, well, well there's no one there. Who's going to mm-hmm. fight her? And now it's stacked. Yeah. It's yeah. stacked. You got Tatiana Suarez. Yeah. You got Jessica Andrade who just just beat beat Thug Rose. Yeah. You know, you've got. You know, so many fighters. Yeah. It's like it's a world class division. It seemed like it got better too when they added one twenty five. Yes, you know what I mean. It got it got even more because now you're seeing like the people who wouldn't get shine before now they're getting shine. Mm-hmm. Like oh, like y'all got some serious talent in there, yes. you know. And I and I feel like at fifty five, you got so many guys that's underneath top twenty five that could could shine through. You yeah. know, if you just give them the the space, it. it it also allows for for guys to like Max Holloway to to go up at fifty five and be able to compete mm-hmm. at his. I, I feel like that's more of his natural weight too. You know, is you it get is, those but big having him lose the way he lost to Dustin Poirier. A lot of people are saying, you know, he just doesn't have the same power at fifty five that he had at forty five. I, I just don't think he had the experience yet. You know, I, I don't at fifty five. Yeah, he, he that was his first fight at, at fifty five. Mm-hmm. So. You know, and Dustin's already had a lot of them. Where even if they had both fought at forty-five before, Dustin's already been there, so he it, it wasn't. It's not going to be a shock to him. You know, and you kind of got to just give credit to Dustin how fucking good too, he is. That, that too. too, yeah. Like yeah, a lot of people forgot. Too. Yeah, yeah. Like Dustin he was ro- Port- the way he was rolling with punches Ooh, and, and just barely slipping them. His power. Um, and yeah. when, once he's moved up to yeah. fifty-five, I mean, he was torturing himself yeah. to get to forty-five. He's a great example of a success story of a guy who stopped cutting as much weight, but he's big now. He's yeah. having a hard time making 55 yeah, now. Yeah, he, he's grown into the, the weight class, which yeah. Max will do the same, you know. Max is a big dude. Like, uh, So I think if you if you let him compete against guys that are more his size, mm-hmm. eventually the next time that they fought, I think it would look a little bit different. And What do you think Khabib versus Dustin looks like? Because that's what they're setting up. That's the next fight in Abu Dhabi. <sighs> I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. It's hard like, to say, right? I, yeah, before the Max fight, I would have for sure been like, Khabib's just going to blow him out the water. Uh, he's just going to take him down. He's just going to be too big. But, but Max like said, really wasn't trying to take him down the way Khabib will. 
It's a different. It's a different fighter. Yeah, but but the way Dustin's footwork was looking in that, mm-hmm. um, that's what makes you think about it because. You know, Khabib's kind of a one-track, one-train mind. You know, he's going to come right at you. You know what he's going to do, too. Yeah. Uh, But if Dustin not even necessarily can can out-wrestle him, it's just it's way easier to play defense on wrestling than than offense. And if you've got great footwork like that to to keep uh, uh, your back off the fence, it might be a long night for Khabib. Who knows? It's a good fight. It's a good fight. It's a good it's a, fight. Dustin's got that serious power. Yeah, it's a good fight. Dust, Dustin can hurt you. Yeah, and, and, and you, and zig, you should have zagged. Yep. You know, Southpaw, I think that's going to play a big factor in it. You know, it's a little harder to get in on a lot of those shots. Mm-hmm. Um, the real key is can he stuff the takedown and can he defend himself on the ground? Because mm-hmm. with so many guys, Khabib gets a hold of them and then they develop that thousand yard stare where they're mm-hmm. like, what in the fuck is happening? You know how it's like when, I mean, especially I'm sure you remember early in your career when you would go with a guy who's just way bigger than you or way yeah. stronger than you and you just go, oh, I can't do shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah, that yeah. I can't do shit yeah. thing. I'm just sort of surviving here. Yeah, I mean, I still try and put myself in them situations now. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a terrible feeling. Yeah, you, I roll with Robert Drysdale or something. Oh, I'm like, Jesus I'm like, Christ. Oh, I'm lucky just to, I'm just counting how many times, or, or I roll with Vinny uh, Magalhaes, and I'm like, I'm just trying my best not to get submitted. Yeah. Like I'm at the point where now you, you only go submit me uh, one or two times, you know. Yeah. Like, before it was like ten, like it was like as many times as he wanted to. But you know, like okay, if I slowly pick at, at this, and then then I might. I was so it, shocked but. he didn't win that PFL thing. I was so shocked. I thought he was going to win it for sure. Yeah, yeah. His striking has come so far, you know. It's one of those. Things, you know, it's the game. Yep, it's the game. The game. Yeah. What can you do? It's a fucking crazy sport. It really is the craziest sport that's ever existed and you never know even as an athlete like you you can do everything to to prepare right and you feel like all the chips and like everything's in your corner and like i mean i guess it's like life it's like you think everything is just right but sometimes it, it's not yeah so, shit happens what can you do it's, you just pick it up and yeah try it again like a madman <laughs> well you just have to accept that this is what you've chosen you know and this is Part of what comes with it is just chaos. I think you just got to be crazy. I think you got to be a little. You got to be a little like out of your fucking mind to do this. Yeah, hundred percent. But I mean, I see other people in in other professions and and what they do, and I'm like, he's a little crazy too. You know what I mean? He's a little out of his mind to to do what he's doing. So maybe it's just what you. Just be me. You know well, you I mean? also at least you have the freedom to not be stuck in a fucking office. Yeah, you have an exciting life. As crazy and chaotic as it is, at least it's exciting. I'll take exciting every day off over boring. And, and it lets me be me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that. That walking out for a fight or, or just just even just getting ready for the like the week of and you know doing media and stuff like that and and just. It, it lets me like really express myself so in, in a way that I never really got to as a kid or or, or anything before that, uh, where that gives me like a little bit of peace and it gives me like I really don't give a fuck about nobody else or or what they doing or what they got going on and it, and it lets me like just be me and just flow with it and just and just have fun. Before I I would never really let myself do that. You know I would kind of always be guarded and I would kind of always be like like on edge and, and just not just be myself and fighting has let me it, let me let it out you know and not because it's so crazy because it's such a wild exchange because what you're doing is so dynamic that you could just be the full you yeah and i think everybody is is different too you know everybody fights different mm-hmm. so 
so it's not one is better than the other. You know, it's not like it's like you just got to if you be yourself, then then you're going to do better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like even uh, even in the media and stuff like that and, or, or however you want to approach it. It's like if you be yourself, uh, I, I kind of figured it out. Like just be me and just enjoy it. Right. Then it's then it's better. Yeah. As opposed to like, you know, when you are, keep you know, microphone in front of you there. Like yeah. when you, uh, you know, you, you're stuck in an office or whatever, or, or, or however it is, or you're stuck doing something that you feel like you should do or people want you to do, mm-hmm. then you start like living like that almost. And I kind of have felt myself get there before I started fighting. Uh, it's like trying to live up to other people's expectations or, or you know. Right. Uh, and fighting is just like it's so You're the carefree. master of your own destiny. Yeah. 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 In a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. And That's the best thing about it yeah fuck the win fuck the laws of money is fun uh that's kind of what i got into it for it's fun but it is it's giving me a lot of else to my life you know what i mean right. so do you watch many fights outside of all the time yeah all day every day outside of mma yeah, yeah. Do I mean, you watch he, like jujitsu or Muay Thai, or I, I watch all uh, uh, jujitsu when it when it's really getting going. You know, mm-hmm. I was going to try and come out here a, a day before and try and see worlds. Um, oh, yeah. You know, it, it depends, but yeah, I try. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting when you see how good people are at those individual disciplines. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's uh, that's one of the more interesting aspects about MMA is that you really can't be the best in the world at everything. Mm. And you're going to have, because it's such a complex sport. <laughs> yeah, you can try. <laughs> you certainly can. You certainly can. But you're right, though. I think uh, a lot of a lot of these other sports and stuff, they, they've had so many years just to figure out what works and what don't work mm-hmm. that they've really refined the, the process. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like you see some of these high, high-level boxers, and it's like they've had – you know, you talk about somebody like Floyd, he's had his, his dad fight and his, his uncle fight before him to where he's like refined the, the, the process so much that yeah. it's damn near perfect. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. We haven't got to that point yet in MMA. No. It's going to no, be not, a while. A not even while. close. Not even close. Yeah. I don't know if we'll ever get there because it seems like it's because it's a combination of so many different disciplines. Mm-hmm. It's you just don't, it doesn't seem like you're ever going to see the a guy who is world class muay thai and world class jiu jitsu and world class wrestling all in one fighter it just doesn't seem like that's really possible i think you can get it in a couple more generations though you think so maybe like four more generations something like yeah. that like because it's it's it, like i look at the kids now that are coming up and they don't have the same like preconceptions that that even i had uh coming up in it, you know, like where when if you're boxing, you're boxing this way, and and you know this is the right thing to do, this is the wrong thing to do, you mm-hmm. know, uh, or or you taking you taking so many things, and you're not really you, you're kind of stuck on it, you know what I mean? And I feel like each generation is getting a little bit better, a little bit better. I look at like some of the things that kids do now, I'm like, fuck, like I want to, like wish I could <laughs> could be that free and right. just kind of have that that creative process to do it, you know? Uh it, it's going to happen eventually, I think. Yeah, with the little kids that are starting off like have little amateur fights when they're like 10 years old and shit. Yeah. So yeah. then I think about his kid, you know, and what's right. his kid going to look like? And then, okay, right. then what's his kid going to look like uh, to where you will get somebody who is who is 
just perfect at whatever they do. That's know? a good point because it really is a big factor that Floyd had his dad, who was a world class fighter, who fought Sugar Ray Leonard, and his his uncle Roger was mm-hmm. the Black Mamba. Mm-hmm. I mean, Roger Mayweather was the fucking man back in the eighties. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. to to see those two guys training him, mm-hmm. that is gigantic. Grown up in that environment, always been around boxing. And they could tell them what to do and what not to do. Even mm-hmm. when you get to that certain level, you know, it's like it's you don't know what you don't know until it's too late. Almost. Right, right. Uh, but, you know, he had people that he really respected. Like, is is I mean, you your uncle and your and your, your pops, they're going to be the first people that you respect. And you got to listen to them. Yeah. So it, I think it played a huge factor that people don't really look at. I think so, too. And it's also seeing the mistakes that other fighters have made. When you're growing up in the gym, you're seeing guys that spar too hard or seeing guys that get hit too much mm-hmm. or seeing guys that take the wrong fights or seeing guys that don't fight smart defensively. Mm-hmm. You know, one mm-hmm. of the things that people forget is that Floyd went through a big transition of his own. If you go back to the early parts of his career and you watch when he was pretty boy Floyd. Yeah. He was a much more aggressive fighter, and he would put himself in danger much more. And then when he became Money Mayweather, like as it got later and later in his life, he just got so much more brilliant defensively. And then he became the guy that you see shutting out Canelo Alvarez, stopping all these guys, mm-hmm. just, just shutting everything down. He just became this defensive wizard to the point where you'd see world-class fighters like Sugar Shane Mosley, who did tag him, but... Mm-hmm. Other than that, didn't really know, once he once he recovered, he didn't really know what to do with Floyd. Floyd mm-hmm. just had the answers to his style; he had figured him out. Yeah, and I, I even see a lot of people because uh, I, I I go by his gym from time to time. You know, it's and and I see like a lot of people that that are coming up in boxing who just want to right out the gate be what Floyd is now. You know what I mean? Mm. Be be on the ropes and and be able to slip punches and, and you know and but they forget like the time when he beat the fuck out of Arturo Gotti. Right. You know to the yeah. you know and was no defense to it. He just came out and was throwing hands like they forget yeah. all the like amateur fights that he had before that that he's won and lost and mm-hmm. you know he just had a different style of fighting. So it's it takes time to get to that 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 level, you know what I mean? Yeah. Certain that Toro Gotti there. fight was brutal. Oh, brutal. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 a monster. I, I give him a lot of respect. I do. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, not a lot of people do, but... They're the, crazy. The if, man's just being him. Well, he talks a lot you of know? shit, but you got to separate that from what he does. Yeah, I mean... Like when you watch him fight, the guy is defensively spectacular. Yeah. yeah. He knows exactly... When you watch the Canelo fight, I've watched the Canelo fight at least three times, and when you watch him stand in front of Canelo, Canelo throws a left, he's over mm-hmm. here, he mm-hmm. throws a right, he's over here, mm-hmm. pop, take that jab with you, yeah. oh, and I'm back yeah. here now. <laughs> and Canelo's like just whiffing, yeah. just throwing yeah. punches. You can see the, the look in his face like, God damn it, I'm in here with a master. Yeah. Yeah. This is a master boxer, and I'm learning a lesson here. Yeah. You know, the the good thing is, you know, he learned that lesson the right way. And now look at him. Yeah. yeah. Canelo's a monster. Dude. And he, a monster defensively, too. Yes. You know, yes. you see some of his defense now. And even me, like, I, I look at his head movement. I'm like, God damn. You yep. know, he's uh, against Danny Jacobs just, yep. just a little while ago. Like, his head movement was just on point. That was a great fight because Danny Jacobs is a fucking killer. Yeah. And I was yeah. pulling for, for Jacobs, but I had to. I had to give it to Canelo. I'm like, he really took what he learned from yep. Floyd. And, and yeah. you know, sometimes you need that. Yep. You know, that is, even like how you said me and George are, are kind of similar. Mm-hmm. I tried to pick a fight with the man. Like, I, 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 <laughs> no course. lie. Like, I wanted to fight him. Of course. Just because I, going into it, I was like, hey, win, lose, or draw, I'm going to learn something from this motherfucker. <laughs> like, right. 
for one, he gonna know he was in a fight. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna uh, give him everything I got. But I knew just for the future, I'm like that a, t- a fight like that is just gonna propel you. It's just gonna get better. You know, you. I think he's gonna want to fight in Khabib. Probably, I think so. Probably, yeah. that's what I yeah. think. Yeah. I think uh, if Dustin Poirier, if Khabib beats Dustin Poirier, Khabib is going to lobby for a fight with George. Yeah, that's what yeah. I think. And, and it's I a think good fight if Khabib to make. G- beats George, I think he's going to retire. That's what I think. I think Khabib only has a few more fights left in him. I don't think he. I don't think he necessarily wants a fight for a long time. I think you're right. He's undefeated. Yeah. He smashes everybody. Yeah, you know, and I think he'll go down as one of the greatest that ever did it. If he beats George. If he beats George. If he beats George. Well, if he can even get George. George in there. I mean. If he could even get George in there. I mean, who I, the fuck knows how that, if that could ever play out. Yeah. I mean, I want that date with him. But we'll, 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 we'll see how that whole thing It also, play out. for the UFC, but, it wouldn't be for a title, which is a problem, apparently. Mm-hmm. With, when, when they have a problem with, like, selling pay-per-views, mm-hmm. one of the big problems is, and this is why, look, everybody goes, why do they have interim titles? The reason why they have interim titles because people see that title and they fucking they, mm-hmm. they click that pay per view when they might not. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. real. Mm-hmm. It makes it's a big factor, and it, and it plays into the your 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 mindset as a fighter too. Yes, you know? and so George would have to come back. I mean, or someone would have to beat Usman, or they could do one sixty five, or they could do one sixty five. You know, I mean, I'm just saying. Like, Dana said on you the do record, what you do. this is that doesn't mean that much because Dana's also said that women would never fight in the UFC. But Dana said on record there won't be a one sixty five while he's working there. We hear him. I, don't, I hear him. I don't like that thinking. I hear him though, but you know, I don't get it. I don't know why they wouldn't want to have more weight classes. Yeah, I don't I mean, get it. You can make the Khabib and George fight, and and, yeah. and it'd be nothing. Uh, Every ten know, pounds, even, and and George wants that fight too. You know, even oh, just yeah. to to say hi. I mean. You a cool motherfucker, but George even more so. I tried to pick a fight with him, and like you know, for real. And he called me, and we talked for like over an hour. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, explained it to me. He's like, listen, I, I listen, I cannot fight you right now. <laughs> I have yeah, to I do gymnastic. I can't do the uh, the exit. Listen, <laughs> I can only do it if I talk to him recently. <laughs> if I haven't talked to him recently, it goes away. I forget it. But he told me he was interested. Kevin Lee is a great fighter. But he wanted. But I be... am a better fighter than and, him. And, and I and I feel it. You know, no, listen, I, I feel it. There's there's risk and reward. You know what I mean? I, sure. I, I'm the type. I just like taking a big risk. You yes. know, more than anything. Uh, but George is but, where you hope you are ten years from now. Sure. George is 36 years old. Sure. Right? Is yeah. he 36 or 37? He's in, he's in that range. Yeah. He's 36, 37 yeah. years old. You know, he's he did it all. Yeah. Did it all. Yeah. You know, he's he, now he's in the position where he's just trying to get he them big fights. 38. Oh Ooh. shit. Ooh. Yeah, see, he yeah. ain't got much time. Yeah. No, I you feel it. And and even when he was explaining it to me, like I I was like, "Man, I I really can't hate you for this." Like right. you you know, he's a great guy. you kept it like as straight as yeah. possible. He's like, you know, it's just too much risk and yeah. you know, it's like for what? I'm I am like, sorry. Well, I get it. <laughs> like I get it, bro. Make your money. Look, I ain't going to hate. <laughs> it's cool like, that he hey, called you though. You know, I try still, and and I think he got it too. He was like, you know, I I get what. He's a brilliant guy. I try. Like when you when you see and talk to him, and you, just the way he breaks down life, the way he's thinking about life, he's thinking about it very smart, mm-hmm. very smart. That's why when he won the title, I was like, yeah, I'm good. I feel you it. could take it, take that title. I beat Michael Bisping, and I'm gonna just ride off into the sunset here for a little bit and hold, be in a holding pattern. Wait for the next big one to come around, the next big challenge. I feel it. I mean, there's so much more to life too. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Life's yeah. so big. Like even even for me, like I'm, I'm 
it's only one part of me. You know what I mean? It's the yeah. best part, I think. Personally, I feel like. But, you know, there's this, it's still so much more that, that I want to do and accomplish and, and get done. You the know biggest I mean? problem with fighters, though, is that fighting is so crazy and so wild and spectacular and the highs and the lows. Finding whatever it is when you say there's so much more to life, finding that so much more to life is so difficult for so many fighters. Yeah. And I think it's keeping your brain, too. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that, that might be the... You know, I don't know. I ain't, I ain't nowhere close to that point to start thinking about it. But I'm like, but it's hard to know when you're at that point. Right, right, right. Until it's too late. You also, know? fighters are like the reason why you think you could beat everybody in the world is the same thing that's going to get you fucked when you think that you could still go again. Mm, mm, you know, I mean, that's what got mm, Chuck Liddell in trouble when mm, he fought Tito Ortiz. Most of us that were watching the outside were like, please don't fight him. Yeah. Yeah. Please don't fight anybody. Yeah. When yeah. Chuck's talking about fighting yeah. John Jones, like, oh, good Lord, <laughs> please don't do that. Because he's like, you know, I think I can get back in there with John Jones. Like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's like Chuck. But yeah. that is why he became Chuck Liddell in the first place, because he's got that unstoppable belief in himself. But it, there needs to be balance. Yeah. There needs to be balance. That yeah. you can yeah. do anything you yeah. believe in. That is yeah. horse shit. Anybody tells you to do anything <laughs> you believe in, that is horse shit. You know, there's there's certain people that will fuck you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to be smart yes, about it. Yeah, yes. you got to be smart. Yes. But but I do think you can still do things that you don't necessarily even know that you can do. You know, like I, I look at it now, I'm like, man, I never thought that I would truly be like a professional fighter and be able to, to live and support my family off this. So I'm like... You know, 20 years from now, how did that look? I, I have no idea right. what, what it might look like. I have no idea what else I could possibly do. You could do anything. I firmly, you know, absolutely maybe. believe that. It's just whether or not you dedicate yourself to it the same way you dedicate yourself to fighting. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. I think anybody that can be a professional fighter at the highest level, that is an incredible juggling act of mind and body and discipline and technique and knowledge and mm-hmm. understanding of the past and, and recognizing traps and, and, and intuition, knowing when to strike, knowing when to back off, knowing when to push, knowing when to coast. It's just, that's a mad fucking race. I mean, what you're doing when you're fighting is the, the most chaotic thing in all of sport. Mm-hmm. And if you could succeed at that at the highest level, I really believe you can do anything. I really believe that. Yeah, and I think it takes a lot of. I think it takes a lot more brain power than than, than people kind of give it credit Way for. Way more. You know? and, and I think that's a big reason why you see guys on the decline too. You know. Uh, and I, I think it's something that not a lot of people look at. You know, you kind of see it, and you're like, "Oh, this guy's just out of his athletic." prime or he's out of you know he's out of shape or or whatever but really when you look at him you like they don't be that much more worn physically you know Mm -hmm. maybe certain guys go through like certain injuries and get surgeries and stuff and it's just not as strong as it was when he were 25 right i get that but i I feel like fighting in particular it's it's so much more thinking power and you got to be quick and and maybe it's like the damage that they're taking to mm. to their actual brain. Like they aren't processing information 100%. the same way. Not only is it physical, but it's like it it only takes one slip up at the top level for a guy to catch you. So, you know, if you if you if your brain just that, that synapse ain't working perfectly right, it's like that's lights out. hundred percent. And everybody looks at it and it's like, oh, well, he's just out of shape. He's just getting old and stuff like that. But it might be something like, no, it's, you're taking brain damage in there, you know? Yes. 
Yes. And I think there's something that happens to fighters when they lose that belief that they can be the baddest motherfucker in the world. And that does happen with some fighters. They get a few losses and then they, they settle into that journeyman's position. Mm. Mm. And, you know, that's what, what Gustafson just said when he retired. He said, I don't want to be a journeyman. You know, that journeyman position is a weird position because, yeah. you know, you you want to get in shape to win, to beat this guy, but you kind of know that you'll never be the man. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like say if yeah. you're a guy who's in that 205-pound division and you just keep losing, and then you see John Jones, yeah. who's the greatest of all time, just fucking everybody up, yeah. and you know you can't beat him. So you're training. Even when you're hitting the bag and running and all that stuff, you know John Jones fucked you up twice, and you know he, he you can't beat him. You know you can't beat him. That keeps a lot of guys from having the same enthusiasm and passion that they had when they were 22 and they thought they could take on the world and they pictured themselves on the cover of Fighters Only magazine, the greatest of all time. Mm. You know, everybody has these ideas mm. of who they can be. But when that idea has been shattered and now you're just a really good fighter, mm. some fighters just lose their enthusiasm for the game. And then there's Diego Sanchez, who doesn't <laughs> seem to give a fuck about any of that and just there to wreck people. You, you, you know what I... I He's going backwards in time. His clock is turning point, yeah. backwards. But but I think it's because he focuses on himself. You know right. what I mean? He he don't. Uh, Diego's out of his mind for sure. For sure. But maybe maybe he's into his mind. You know yes. what I mean? Maybe he's just so like focused on himself. And you know, even if you can't, you know, if you're looking at John and you're like, man, I ain't never gonna catch up to that level. I'm just not gonna be that. Right. Then then yeah, that can really like like you said, like start to, to really like discourage you a lot. But then if you just like, okay, I'm better than today than I was yesterday. And you know, my, my jab's like a little, it's not as straight as it could be. So let me just work on that and mm-hmm. just pick the next thing and just keep constantly going to that. I, I feel like that's what real champions do. You know, they don't yeah. necessarily look at, you know, the, the, the other person and Diego, you know, even if he ain't got the belt, he's still in his head. Like that's maybe how you thinking of it. I don't know. You had to, talk to him he seemed like a crazy dude but you, know, <laughs> you need to be crazy though to do this yeah, shit you, def- you gotta be crazy there's bro. all different kinds of crazy right yeah you know i mean I, when when i saw diego maul mickey gall i was like god yeah. damn look at this guy yeah yeah he just has lost no no enthusiasm zero yeah. zero loss in enthusiasm after all these years of fighting you got to realize that guy won the ultimate fighter season one in 2005 we are now here i was in ninth grade 14 <laughs> years later no i was in eighth grade 2005 <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't even in high school yet Two, Jesus. 2005. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. He beat Kenny Florian in the finals. Kenny's long since retired. You think of all the people he beat. Long since retired. I, I don't, it gives it. It gives you hope a little bit. You know what I mean? I want to like, know what man, he does Somebody else has done it, so it can be done. Yeah. I think he's just, you know, into his own head and just, like, is constantly getting better yeah. and that's really what the game is about anyway remember when he used to walk to the octagon screaming yes yeah yes 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 i, I would love it. it he's so fucking crazy in the best way yeah yeah in the he's best out of his way mind. he's out of his mind he's still but, one of my favorite guys to watch yeah for sure for sure i mean there, there's a couple guys like that that, yep. that kind of keep that that same longevity 
So, you know, you, you got to look at the, the past and kind of learn from other people's mistakes and, you know, see, okay, why, how was this guy thinking like that? You know, when you, when you look at Gustafson and you're like, he really didn't want to be a journeyman. I'd already lost to the two guys holding the title. Mm-hmm. So you, you look at that and you're like, man, you're kind of comparing yourself to, to, to them a little mm-hmm. bit too much, you know? Like, yeah, you fought them and the result wasn't what you wanted, but, it's like okay, that's that's just the game. That's the good. I think it's also he lives in Switzerland and, or Sweden. Sorry, Sweden, yeah, it's fucking beautiful up there. And you like, <laughs> you're probably sitting back. He probably hunts and you know has he a does. full life and yeah. everything. So you're like, man, why am I doing this shit? I ain't, yeah. you know, I ain't, I'm about to go back out in front of my whole country and fight another person. Like, come well, on. Well, the last time, he, well, the first time he fought in front of his whole country was when he got knocked out by Rumble. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Rumble's Fast. the dude where I look back at guys that kind of left the sport, and I was like, oh, I get it. He's been fighting for a long time. He was wrestling before that. He didn't want to do it anymore. I get it. He'll but, come back. But this, I don't know about it now, man. But the selfish part of me wanted to see Rumble get it together and fight for a title. Yeah. I mean, Again, I mean, not just fight when he fought uh, DC, but... He's going to have to do it at heavyweight now. Yeah, <laughs> he's so up big. A super bro, heavyweight. I don't think it's a bad idea he's for him to fight at heavyweight. Dude, bro. Remember when he fucked up Orlovsky at heavyweight? When he yeah. was in the... Before the PFL was the PFL, when it yeah. was the... What was it called? Uh, uh, World Series. World Series of yeah. Fighting, yeah. Dude, he's a murderous striker. Yeah. Murderous. You know, and the heavyweight division is actually a very good division for Rumble, if you really think about it. With his speed and power... Mm. First of all, he hits so fucking hard. It doesn't matter if someone's a heavyweight, light mm-hmm. heavyweight. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. He, he, the way he clips people, it's like, Jesus. I mean, I, I, there's a lot of good fights I would watch him in. You yeah. Know? Him and Francis would be <gasps> one, wouldn't it? Uh, oh, my goodness. They're both the type of uh, uh, guys. Like, like Francis is another one. Like He can just find your chin. Yep. And it's like I, I've moved around with him a couple of times. And, you know. Uh, you moved around with Francis? I, I do some wild shit, bro. Ooh, dude. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's, Does he, is he gentle when no, he's, he's, cool. He's, cool. he's cool? He's cool. He's cool. He, he, he move around with like little kids sometimes. Wow. He, he, yeah, he's he's like a gentle giant. You know, what I mean, most guys that you kind of see like that, you you kind of you kind of realize like, oh, you know, you're a big ass teddy bear. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, if you signed up and say I can beat you, right? Yikes! You see a different side of him. But we, we were just talking part, about him the, the coolest other day, dude in the world. That if he decided to go into pro boxing instead of MMA when he yep. first started out, he could be a world champion right now. Uh, absolutely, and like I say, just moving around with him. He he's got like these weird ways of like this it, the punch just comes at, at such an odd angle, but it's like clean, and it's like oh damn like okay I I see what you're doing you know what I mean mm-hmm. like I see what it is, uh I mean that's the only reason why I move around with a guy like that is to try right. and f- see what figure he's doing. it out a little yeah. bit yeah but there's certain things you just can't teach a person, and he's kind of got that you know he's got that that. Killer instinct, heat sinking missile. Mm. You can't teach that. No matter how much you want to hit pads or whatever, like sometimes you, it's in the, it's yeah. in there. You know, he's a fascinating story too. Because after he lost to Stipe, you know, I think he was absolutely convinced he was going to knock Stipe out and be the world champion. He thought he was unbeatable. Stipe just shattered his confidence, and then he had that crazy fight with Derek, mm-hmm. where he was just like super mm-hmm. tentative, didn't even pull the trigger, just like. Mm-hmm. 
And he, and he admitted, he said, I carried the fear of my last fight into the, the cage with me. Mm-hmm. And then he came out and starched Curtis Blades, you know, and, and then he came out and uh, starched Kane after that. Like, okay, he's back. Yeah, I think it took him, took him some time to, yeah. to, to, to kind of... Uh, uh, Get it back. Yeah, yeah, to, to, to understand what, what, what it is and yeah. what's going on, you know, and to learn from it, too. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he, he's so strong-willed and, you know, and, he, and he's like kind of got a different culture, too, you know, coming from Africa and, and, and Paris and everything. So when you talk to him, I mean, he's super smart, dude, super smart. But uh, he's kind of like me a little bit where it can be hard to get through that, get through the head, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I, I admit it, you know, I'm a little stubborn sometimes and mm-hmm. I think he is, too, a little bit. So it, it can be hard for lessons to really sink in right. there. But I feel like now, like, he... He's one of those guys where, yeah, you can see it. It's like coming together for him. Is he know? doing his camps in France now? Uh, no, he's been over in Vegas. Uh, he did one of his camps. Yeah, in France, he did his right? last the Curtis camp Blades. Yeah, yeah, that fight. Yeah, I'm not sure where he's doing his next camp or anything. I don't know. He's doing know. a lot of it at the Performance Institute, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he getting good wrestling? Because that's the, really the the thing that was exposed in the Stipe fight. He, right? He comes over to to extreme, and you know he he'll wrestle with us uh, a lot. You know, it's the problem is just heavyweights. You know, it's not a a lot of the 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 bigger dudes, and he's he's intimidating too. So when I when I sit back and I be watching them move around with certain guys, like you can tell, like they be scared. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame him. How could you? I, I don't, don't blame, blame him, him bro. either. I don't blame him either. Dude, they he scares scared. me when he's on the other side of the cage. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I get in there. I'm outside the cage and he scares me. <laughs> I, I've wrestled with him a couple times. Is I really don't really give a fuck, but he's just so big. It's yeah. it's hard, bro. It's like. I've tried to get it, you know, I do my thing. I try. I'm a strong guy. I, I hold my own. Well, it's uh, the heavyweight division is very interesting right now because I think a lot of people are sleeping on Stipe. And I know DC, DC clocked him and knocked him out in that mm-hmm. first fight. Mm-hmm. But I think Stipe is going to want to come back to the second fight with a vengeance, man. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he was the most successful heavyweight champion of all time. And he loses the fight, loses his title, can't get anyone to pay attention to him. All everyone's talking about Brock Lesnar. DC's going to fight. He's like... Brock Lesnar doesn't mm-hmm. even fight. Mm-hmm. He's doing fucking WWE. Like, yeah. what is this yeah. shit? He goes, I am the most successful of all time. Mm-hmm. I'm the the only guy to defend the title four times. I lose one fight to a fantastic fighter, and I can't get a fucking rematch? Like, yeah. what is this about? And then finally, there's no one left in the division. Who else has he got? Yeah. He's got to fight him. Yeah, that I mean, that played out perfect for him. And, I, and I'm so glad to see it, too. Like, Stipe is one of the coolest dudes in the, so cool. in the world, bro. And it's like, what more do you have to do? You know what I mean? Like, right. sometimes I get sick of, of of just the way things are. Like, I don't blame it on the UFC. I don't blame it on, on anything. It's just sometimes that's just the way things are. It's just the way people are to right. where, like, they, they want to see, like, you act a fool. They want to see that controversy. And they want they want to see the negativity all the time. Yeah. And it's like, man, it's, it's, it's like... A dude like Stipe, if Stipe can't get no love, <laughs> and he's like a firefighter, like legitimately saving lives yes. on a daily basis while like training to death and yeah. being a world champion at it. It's like, man, if a dude like that can't get no love, I don't, I don't stand a chance, bro. But, you know, I, I, I'm happy to see it. Things are always going to work out the way they're supposed to work out. You know what I mean? I guess, so. but I just felt like the marketing of him could have been so much better. That was yeah. my feeling on yeah. it. It's like, how do you miss out on this hero? Yeah, I mean, maybe and a guy super exciting. I, I think it's just American culture, maybe. Because you see, like, 1FC doesn't necessarily... 
be the same way, you know. And, right. and, and they're still doing great. I mean, time will tell how, how great they really do. Uh, but but their way of of marketing a guy and promoting them and everything is just so much different. Mm-hmm. It's like, does that work in America? Is the problem? It's like <sighs> people only want to see what they want to see. Like even about me, you know, like people see me kind of hit Kiesa at the press conference, and then that's all they really know about me. So that's all they really, you know, right. they think that's me, or or, mm-hmm. or they they. They even read wrong into that type of situation, and they just think that that's how you is. But did you ever talk to Kessa after your yeah. your fight with him? Are you yeah, guys he cool? He, I'm cool. He not. He's still I mad mean, at him. Oh, he's pissed still because of the choke. No, I think he's just mad away the whole situation. But <laughs> like, it's also the choke. I mean, it's almost like no, he knew, he would have been knew. better off if he went to sleep. Yeah, but he he knew. Yeah, I mean, he even said it. it's like yeah. I mean. I mean, he's mad that that the fight went down the way, you know, he only lasted right. around. But, uh, but I think he's he, more mad still that I hit him. It's but, a, it, the problem was it was so locked in yeah. to stop it right there. Like, let him go out. Let him tap or go out. It, yeah, but but the but thing is, it, it's it's defend yourself. You yeah, know? but you don't it, stop a choke. You don't stop a choke. If the guy's awake, you don't stop a choke. That's true. That's true. I mean, there, there's been a couple situations where—, where you know that'll kind of happen, and the guy will stop defending himself, and the, and the ref will, will will stop it. And the refs do tell you they like they like if you stop defending yourself, then you know it, what what else did they do? I mean, yeah, they could have he could have just let me choke him out, and it'd been a little easier. But for us as competitors, we we kind of know. You know, I think he just was more upset that, that it didn't go his way. Yeah, that yeah. it didn't go his way, and, and, then and that I hit him. The but, way. <laughs> But look, people even read wrong into that in that into that kind of situation. Like I'm a cool dude. Like I I, I mean I, I mean I don't mean to say it like that, but I'm I'm always gonna give respect to everybody. You know that's just the way I, I kind of am. Until you kind of diminish that respect for me, then then you know I'm gonna give it to you. So right. I was talking a little bit to him, you know, and I'm kind of you know I'm up there. I'm having fun. It's my first big pref- press conference. Like I'm having fun at it. But the minute that he got up. And and ran across the, towards me. It's like there's this dividing line almost. Yeah. It's like as soon as you step over that, you in my space now. It's too and close. I, you can't yeah, let him yeah, hit you. I can't let. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna hit you first. Yeah. Like that's yeah. just the way I. You know. Well, you also you're in a defensive position. Like you have to hit him almost. Yeah, yeah. Like, once mean, someone cl- comes at yeah. you and they're right there, like oh, oh, this is a fight. Yeah, it's a fight. I mean, I, I that's just the way I grew up. You know, is anytime anybody some somebody is gonna you know invade your space like you're not gonna wait like i'm not gonna sit there well, and see it's what possible that about. you guys could rematch sometime at 170 now that's that he's at 170 it's very yeah. possible it's yeah. very possible a lot yeah. of good fights well he was another guy that had a real hard time making that way he's a big fella yeah yeah i mean big old back on him and, and, and for me it's like i've always just wanted a fair fight so you know uh we can weigh in at, at whatever, you know. It's it's even with me and Dos Anjos. I was saying, you know, let's weigh in at 165 and just kind of shut a hand. He didn't want to do it. But I'm like, I just want a fair fight out of the deal, you know. It's whatever you want to weigh in. We so can you weigh guys want to shake hands to fight at, to weigh in at 165 just to show that this weight class is a viable weight class? I tried to. He wouldn't do it? Yeah, he, he said, uh, I, I don't make uh, agreements with my opponents. And I was like, eh, come on, you know, like. This is our problem in the first place. This is why I ain't no union or nothing. You know what I mean? Like everybody's like against each other. Like, come on, bro. We fighting anyway. What do you, you know think I mean? about the idea of a union? I mean, I think it's I think it's inevitable. You know, do you think I, so? Yeah, I think eventually it's it, it's going to happen. Um, How would it happen? I think it's once the UFC the UFC is going to change a little bit. 
I feel like it's it's just the same way that I'm kind of looking at the way that Facebook has been doing stuff and, and, and all these other uh, uh, companies like these large private companies. But they're, they're so big and it's it's like the UFC is a, is a sports organization. You know what I mean? But it's it's so big now to where like it's I mean, it's damn near a sport. It's like it's it's damn near public, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I think once that kind of changes and people like once they open up the books and like people really start to pay attention to it. Then maybe somebody on the outside who's way smarter than any one of us, or you know, because we're we're fighting, we ain't really worried about the 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 legalities of it. And you know, mm-hmm. I'm just signing a contract. I don't really give a fuck. But once somebody who's smarter kind of takes a look at it and, and, and sees what's going on and, and and how it is, then uh, then they're gonna start up something. I mean, they they have to. It, I wonder. I think it, it would take some sort of crazy lawsuit, I would imagine. But I think that fighters are individuals in, the, in that they, they think of themselves. Mm-hmm. And that if like if you say, that's hey, the I'm going to join the – yeah, but that's what I'm yeah. saying. If you say, hey, I'm going to join the union, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm going to sit out until you guys meet the demands of the union. And they go, oh, that's great. Colby Covington's going to yep. take your place. Now yep. he's going to fight for the title. And then you're like, what the fuck? Yep. And then you call Dana, hey, man, I changed my mind. Fuck that union. I'm with you guys. And yep. then – that's how it goes. That I mean, yeah, yeah. It, but it's kind of a a shame on our part. Almost, it's like it's the same way. Is is I, I said, let's meet at one sixty five. It's like we already don't have a lot of leverage, bro. Like we, you know, yeah. We, just, there's it, only so many things that that we could even do. I understand Dos Anjos though. He's like, fuck, we're gonna fight it. anyway. I don't want to cut that extra five pounds. I get it. And I didn't do it either. I'm like, bro, I'm already, you know, <laughs> yeah. you've already fought at one seventy. I'm already yeah. taking a loss here. I'm like, I'm not gonna, yeah. you know, give you too many advantages here. But but the UFC, do they, they? You feel like they treat you well? Yeah, I they mean, like I, you, obviously, you I, have I mean, good. You're in their good graces. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I have no real like complaints about it. You know, it's it's. I know what I'm. I'm signing the line. You know, what I mean, I know what I'm signing up for. And, and anytime I do, and I say I'm going to do something, I'm always going to make sure I hold up my end, and I'm going to do it. Um, and it's afforded me so much to to where my life is so much different than I thought it would be. I, like I, I truly thought that that. It, everything would just look different, you know, and, and, and I've provided a better life for my family, like my my mom, my dad, and my brothers, like, well, my brother, one brother at least. Um, but, you know, it, it's just afforded me so much that any, like, negatives on it, like, I can't really – it's just, like, grievances almost. Yeah, no, I, mean? I understand. I understand what you're saying. Have you ever been approached by other organizations? Uh, before getting into the UFC. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, maybe a little bit here and there, but, you know. Like when you see guys like Sage Northcutt go over to 1FC and Eddie Alvarez and Mighty Mouse Johnson. Or- I mean, it's, it's it's all good for the sport in, in general. You know, I think even the UFC sees that, like, competition is always good. You know, yes. it's just it's just building even more and bigger and better. Um, and it's really the sport that we're looking after. So if, if I, uh, I mean, I'm... I'm been in a contract with the UFC for a long while now, but uh, uh, you know, if another organization was to ever, you never know what that. You know, you I think, never know what the future goes. Like, what if Bellator really blows up? Uh, nah, they change their name. I mean, nah. I, 
I, that, I, that name's a goddamn anchor. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Bellator. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, kinda. You got a bowling ball, metal bowling ball around your neck. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I don't know. For, for me, I, I, I'm getting that. UFC is where it's at. And, and, 100%. And you don't want it to be too many organizations either. You know what I mean? Right. Then it's got like WBC, WBA with boxing. Yeah. Can't get them to fight. It's like, that's yeah, terrible. That's why. Yeah. Well, that's so a I don't want to be a part of that, you know? That's kind of a problem now. I mean, with Douglas Lima. Douglas Lima's world-class fighter. You know, mm-hmm. Rory McDonald. McDonald's world class fighter. These guys are world champion caliber. Rory McDonald could absolutely be a world champion in the UFC. I mean, yeah. He beat Tyron Woodley. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think uh, I, I want to be a part of keeping it all together too. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I'm, I'm not going to be selfish and be like, oh, well, one's going to pay me way more money, so I'm going to go right. over there and do that. Like, I, I, I'm a huge fan of the sport in general too, so I want to see the sport do good. And, and having us all under one roof definitely does help. It's also being a UFC champion just fucking means more, way more. It just means way, way more, way more. And, yeah. I, and I'm gonna do it. And yeah, you, know you find out a guy's a Bellator champion, you're like congratulations. Yeah, yeah. You I find mean, out a guy's a UFC <laughs> champion, you're like oh shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a different level. Yeah. And, and 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 I would even want to keep that integrity about it, you know, mm-hmm. and just for myself, you know what I mean to. You know, just to, just to know that that that's what you did. You said yeah. you're gonna do it, like that's what you did. So I think there's a wake up call though when guys are going over and fighting in these other organizations. They're realizing now, like man, they are world class fighters mm-hmm. that you don't know about over in one FC in particular. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Uh, T- Timothy Natsuyukin, the guy that knocked out Eddie Alvarez. Mm-hmm. That, that motherfucker's world class. Well, there's world class fighters everywhere, bro. Yep. Everywhere. Yep. You yep. gotta treat everybody with the same, you know It's a different world. Yeah, it's it's different, but it's still like dudes will knock you out. Oh yeah, I mean <laughs> it's a different world out. now. I'm saying that like you go yeah. over to these other organizations, it's not a, a cakewalk. Yeah. They're yeah. they're just as hard and just as dangerous as UFC fighters. You know, when Sage fought you saw the the Sage result, mm-hmm. that Cosmo Alexandra guy mm-hmm. that he fought, like that guy's a beast, man. Yeah, and I'm all for taking big risk. I really am, and trying to take the biggest, hardest fight that you can. But somebody like that was like, some, somebody should have probably gotten Sage here and was like, "Hey, listen, like <laughs> this dude's a legit world champion kickboxer. You know, had just fought Nikki Holskin. You know, that's a huge level of of uh, uh, experience that you're talking about coming from fighting somebody like Zach Ottawa to you know." Yeah. It's like <laughs> that's a a huge jump, you know. That's yeah. the Grand Canyon with a scooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just yeah. sometimes the biggest risk ain't necessarily like the smartest either. You know, what I yes. mean? like you can legit get hurt in this sport. Like yeah. it's it's a sport, but it's real life too. Like you you can legit get hurt. You can lose your life. So yes, you no, know. I agree. And also particularly because Sage is not a wrestler. Yeah. You know, so yeah. he's gonna stand stand up with this dude with four ounce gloves on, and had never fought in a ring before. Mm. I don't, I, at least I don't think. Mm. I mean, I don't know, but when you watch that fight and you see the way he was moving, it's like he didn't expect that punch to come. He didn't expect him to be able to cut him off like mm-hmm. that. When you look at a ring, I mean, it's 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 a it's a hundred and eighty degrees right there. Right. So Very you only different. have one way to move. Never right. moved that way. You know? Yes, so. that's a really good point. Actually, I didn't even consider that. Whoever his, you know, his coaches should have been like, listen, like, we need to work our way up there. You know yeah. what I mean? Or, yeah. or, uh, I think they might have had a, a false misconception of going over to one and one treating them real good, and they're going to give you a good fight. So you know they're going to want to build you. I think one is signing guys to be like, 
we got some legit talent over here. We're going to sign you. You're going to make your money, mm-hmm. but uh, you're going to have to earn that money. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's not like they threw him right to the top champions either. It's yeah. like they threw him to a world-class fighter mm-hmm. that they – look, they've got world-class talent over mm-hmm. there. They really do. Mm-hmm. And so does Bellator now. You know, I mm-hmm. feel like Douglas Lima is as good as any 170-pounder in the world. When he just knocked out Michael Venom Page, like, holy yeah. shit. Brutal, too. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Gegard Mousasi is absolutely one of the best 185-pounders yeah. in the world. Yep. You know, I mean, he's as world-class as they get. Yeah, and there's so much talent. Like, you do need to keep it all under one umbrella, though, I yep. think. You know, it's as, better as a for fan the of the fans. sport. Yeah. Is, is, and it's better for us fighters, too, you know? Like, I, I, I'm a competitor, so I, I want to compete against the best of the best. I don't want, like, a bunch of, you know, like, where's boxing, where, you know, you can't make two fights happen and because of this promoter doesn't right. work with this promoter. And, and mm-hmm. you got to go through three, four years of and, – and the whole time a guy like Joshua is kind of sitting back and, like, man, I don't know – I. I don't get to fight these guys, so yeah. I really don't know how good I am or, or something. Yeah. Uh, where instead, you just like, let's just go out there and compete and the, lay the chips out, and wherever they fall is where they're going to fall. You only get to be able to do that if everything's under one roof. Yeah, I'm really uh, en- enthusiastic and hopeful about this ESPN deal, too, because I think that's going to expose a lot more people to the mm-hmm. sport. Because there's so many people that are just casual sports fans that always have the the TV on ESPN. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is America's network for sports, and they're good too. They're good. Like working with them for this last uh, uh, fight, and yeah. you getting ready to do the build up and everything, and just seeing the way that they do certain things. There's like, there's no fat on it. You know, there's mm. no like, there's no lag. There's no delays. There's no, you know, uh, it's just everybody's just on on mm. top of their game. Like they're real professionals at it. So beautiful. Yeah, I think it's I a, love hearing that. Yeah, I think it's gonna be big. For I've sport. been very impressed with their promotion too. the way they promote things, the way they put things together, even the way they handle social media. It's a notch up. And you could tell like that they, they're just have so much experience in sports. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're forever. Right, I mean, they're the leaders forever. It's beautiful. Yeah. I, I think uh, you know, social media is going to probably be the last little little leg up that because our sport is living and died on it. Yeah, almost. Yeah, uh, and that's going to be like I've been shying away from it. Like I don't really fuck with it like that no more, just because I don't think it's right. You know what I mean? I think eventually it's going to change and it's going to get to be way better. And then once that happens, like then the sport really like shoot. What, off. what do you mean? Like in what way? What do you, what, what don't you think is right about it? I just don't like. You know, I I haven't been getting on it lately just because for me it was like I started noticing that it was changing my outlook on on things. Like it was like I was almost doing stuff for the purpose of putting it on social media or. I wasn't like enjoying my life as much. I was more so worried about like how it was gonna look or you know what it what, how I can use this and I was always constantly like scheming and plotting mm. uh and it's just I didn't think it was healthy and i and and then I started to see the effect that it was having on other people too and and or just people around me in 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 general it's like I, I was noticing it was terrible for my little brother and 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 I think it's terrible for kids in general, and it just made it to where. Everything was so – you only got to see little glimpses of things. You know what I mean? People mm-hmm. take the perfect picture and the perfect little of angle course. And, yeah. and, and all this. So that's just what you see. 
and you're only going to see the, 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 the shine and the glitz mm-hmm. and the glamour and stuff. So when, it, when a young kid is looking at that, he's like, and he's going to see thousands of likes on it too, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's what everybody likes. So yeah. it, it, it just almost makes you feel like, man, that's what I should be, you know what I mean? And, and when you're not that, then it can give you such a, 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 a dangerous outlook on yourself to where you'll do something stupid to, to be that. to where I feel like it's going to change. It's going to be different. How so? What do you think is going to happen? A couple weeks ago, I saw that they were talking about, uh, you know, taking away the likes that you aren't going to see it. People jump off buildings. Oh, bro, I would love that, though. (laughs) I I would get back on it. I'd be on Instagram full-fledged. They said they were thinking about taking away the number of followers, too, so you couldn't see how many followers other people have. I don't see why not. I don't see why you need to see it. I don't see why, you know, I guess for the— You need to know how ridiculous it is. When, 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 like, sometimes, uh, like— I'll, I'll see someone like what, what kills me was when I look in like the search area mm-hmm. and there's some girl doing squats in a thong. And I was like, let me see how many like, followers she has. 18 million. <laughs> what? Yeah. But, but, but <laughs> my thing is what good does that do? You know what Makes I mean? Me I, happy. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Cause it's so crazy. But even, even like, you know, it's, it's huge at, at, in fighting and stuff, but you know, I look on it and like certain people have like millions of followers in this and that, but does that necessarily translate to, to anything tangible? You know what I mean? Any Anything mm-hmm. real? It's like I don't necessarily know. I don't know what the I don't know if anybody's done any studies and like really looked at that to see. Uh, but I don't necessarily think it does, and I don't really think it matters. I think the only thing it does is like play into your own head, where you like, you know, oh, he's getting so many likes, or you you post something, you're like, oh man, I get I get this many likes and stuff. But right. It's like it does it does it matter? You know, I guess for the the only way I can see it mattering is for the algorithms. You know, mm-hmm. people like to see what other people like. Right. So that makes sense, but we don't necessarily have to see that. Right. You know what I mean? If, if like, what Ray Rod is doing, his, his videos, love them. I'm going to look at them whether they got 100 likes or they got uh, 100,000. You know, I'm going to follow him whether he's got a million followers or 100 followers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's probably the way it should be more. Because that seems more like real life. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um but in this day and age, everybody wants to – they want to know, oh, this is the number one show on – like Netflix is an interesting thing because you never know what the fuck Netflix ratings are. You have no idea – if you watch like say Ozark or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. no one has any idea other mm-hmm. than Netflix. Netflix knows. They don't tell you shit. Yeah. Like when I do comedy specials on Netflix, they go, we love it. Thank you. But here's the thing. It don't stop me from watching it. That's true. You know what I mean? And if anything, it makes it a little better. You know what I mean? Like, right. or I think so, at least, because now you got your own little thing that you that you kind of getting into. I don't really right. like following the, the crowd that much. Maybe that's what the mm. way I'm thinking about it. But, you know, it don't stop me from watching it. I wonder if they actually do that. I wonder if they do do that if engagement will go down. I'm sure Netflix, you know, when you look at Netflix's model, uh, I'm pretty sure that algorithm is is showing like, okay, this is getting this many likes. Let's put this yes. on the, the front page so more people are going to click on it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I mean, you don't necessarily have to see how many people watch it. You right. Know? Um, well, Netflix does it also for negotiation purposes. Sure. Like say when I do a special, like I know my last special got more views than my first special, sure. but I don't know how many it got. They don't mm. tell you shit. They yeah. just say, we, we're very happy. We're very, yeah. very happy. <laughs> well, tell me how many people are watching. We can't tell you that. Yeah. Why? Yeah. How come you can't tell me? They're laughing. <laughs> we're very happy. Now you You're know very happy. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> tell me how many people. Well, if it makes you feel better, you'll see us doing that now with ESPN. Like, they are. You don't know how many pay-per-views that's 
getting. Well, there's you know not what many. I mean? That's like, the problem. It's not many. Yeah, the, but the, the first either. one they did was less than a hundred thousand. Yeah, I mean, that's not good when you consider that you know that was a giant fight. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Max but, Holloway, Dustin Poirier, big ass fucking fight, hundred thousand, not even a hundred thousand buys. But that takes away from our our uh, value as fighters. You know what I mean? Because that's you don't, what I'm saying. You don't yeah. truly get to see it. That's also because of streaming. Because the, this transition to ESPN Plus, I mean, it's going to take a while before everybody realizes hundred percent. This is the only way you're going to get the pay per view. Mm-hmm. It's the only way you're going to watch the fights. You got to get the app. Yeah. That's yeah. a great app. It's going to take a while. I use it all the time. Yeah. I, I have it on. I have Apple TV at home, so I watch it on that. Mm-hmm. It's seamless. I like it. Yeah, I mean, me too. But then again, I'm, I'm a just I'm, I'm a follow on wherever they go. So, but you know, DAZN is the same way too. Like I watched the Joshua um, Ruiz fight. Mm-hmm. I watched that on DAZN. That's fucking excellent. It's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, and the numbers from from stuff like that is like. I, I, that's what I mean. I think eventually it's going to change to where we're really going to see the true numbers. It's gonna have to because I wonder because when you when you see like Canelo Alvarez make uh, twenty five million or wherever he did in his last fight, and then you hear he's only got you know eight hundred thousand subscribers that signed up for DAZN, but then you look at at uh, there's only uh, eight hundred thousand subscribers on DAZN. That's what I heard at least. No, yeah. that at least can't be true. Google how many subscribers does DAZN have? D A Z N. I, I was calling it Dazen forever. And they were like, no, 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 man, it's DAZN. I'm like, well, you need a fucking O and an E. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> but then you look, I mean, I don't know, uh, uh, Jamie will probably pull up the number, but then when you when you look at, like, on the same night, Al fought Cowboy, mm-hmm. which was a way better fight, too. It was an amazing fight. A great fight. But, you know, ESPN, I don't know how many numbers, you know, they don't say the numbers of, right. of subscribers, but... It's got to be co- comparable. Right. But that uh, was a free fight. You didn't have to. See, the thing is about ESPN Plus, like you get free fights and then you get pay-per-views. So the Cowboy versus Al Iaquinta fight was a great fight, but it was free. So if you got that app, you just watch the fight. But I think the zone is the same way. You don't, you don't have to buy them. You just pay per y- month. Yes. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. But the UFC for pay-per-view is not. So when mm-hmm. you get a pay-per-view mm-hmm. fight, you have to pay. Mm-hmm. So that's a little weird, right? Little like weird. maybe make it a little more money, make yeah. it ten bucks a month, and give everybody everything. That yeah, would be cra- that was a, what did WWE did? Yeah, and it was a huge success. They probably figured that but out, but it took a while. It was They're, a it was rocky. Pay per view model is old. Four million. Four million subscribers to DAZN. That makes sense. The press oh. release they had from their vice president of North America said that. You might be on lying. A TV oh. show. But oh, yeah, wow. I, I don't know. Way off. Worldwide Kevin... subscribers or North America subscribers. I don't. I don't that doesn't know. matter. Yeah. Right? It's internet. Doesn't matter. Yeah. But so four million people. Maybe fight. you're right, and this guy's full of shit. <laughs> no, no, I think, no I think that's totally right. <laughs> 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 I think I, I, yeah, that's totally right. But but you it, know, it, it limits your ability to negotiate, right? Because mm-hmm. you don't know, like with Directv, like hey, Directv says there's seven hundred thousand pay per view buys. Mm-hmm. You know, big hit. Everybody's happy. You get a piece of that. Like, oh boy, we got this much money coming in. Like, wh- how are they doing deals now for pay per view? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I ain't gone to a renegotiation yet. Yeah. But you know, do they t- well, after really your fight? Do they give you a window of time before you they contact you and hit you up with another fight? Like, how does that work? <sighs> Knowing me, I wanted to get back in there in August. Uh, but you know, what's up, Jamie? I'm now reading that it, they they were publicly saying that uh, one point more than 1.2 million people watched worldwide uh, Canelo's last fight. Oh. Hmm. So it's not that many. That's, that's way that's way less. It's not well, that that's many. not that many because it's free. 
right? Yeah. Once you have the zone, that's free, which is right. interesting. But the UFC has a different model than that. Only thing I mean is Canelo gets twenty five million, and then uh, yeah. you know Allen Cowboy get about a hundred grand a piece. So it's like yeah. you know where's the value in this going on? And then it's not even Canelo. I think like three fights uh, down, you know, on mm-hmm. on the card. Like that guy got like a hundred grand. I didn't even know his name. And I was really? Like, yeah. I mean, well, when what you look is at the purse out? Canelo got a, like a six hundred million dollar deal, yeah. something insane, right? Yeah. And didn't they just sign Tyson Fury to something similar like that with the? ESPN, mm-hmm. he got a, a some crazy similar deal as well. And Anthony Joshua was with DAZN. It's mm-hmm. another crazy deal. It's all weird right now, right? Everybody's mm-hmm. trying to figure out what the future is, and they're banking on streaming, which I think is the correct bet. Yeah, I mean, it's it's changing. Everything yeah. is at least everything. I think is gonna gonna change. It's just it's just taking a, a little bit of time before it all. Were you surprised comes around, right? at uh, Cowboy and Ally Quinta? Were you surprised at that result? No, no. It, not really. The way uh, uh, I'm surprised it went that long. You know, what I mean, I, I thought uh, the only way Cowboy or the only way Al was gonna win is if he would have knocked them out uh, mm-hmm. early. Um, it's just the kicks would have been too much, and, and they was like I think that first left switch kick that he threw and kind of caught Al on top of the head a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that yeah, that was. I, I wasn't necessarily surprised. Cowboy's been on his game. Sure. He's been on his game on his lately, game. Yeah. which brings up this weekend. Yeah. Tony Ferguson, yeah. Cowboy Cerrone. Yeah. Holy yeah, shit. Hell of a fight. Ooh, I'm so excited about that fight. I see it going to, to Tony, though. Really? I, you know, I, at first I didn't. I thought that Cowboy is just, just too, too on his point. Mm-hmm. Um, Cowboy's timing might be a little bit better. So, you know, and Tony does get hit. So, you know, that's something to look at. But I think Tony's just unorthodox movements and and the way he throws punches uh, and moves his head at the same time as throwing punches. Cowboy likes to kind of leave his head up there and and maybe get hit to the body or something. So Tony's relentless. He's relentless. That motherfucker never gets tired and he keeps coming at you. That's a three-rounder, yeah? Yes. Yes, it's a three-rounder because it's the third fight below the main main Mm -hmm. event. Mm -hmm. So the main event is Cejudo Marlon Moraes, which is another fucking yeah. phenomenal fight. Yeah, yeah. Marlon's got a lot of power. Ooh, he's got everything. Yeah, that's a big yeah. one thirty-five or two. That dude's jacked. That's a big. Uh, that's a that's, that's like a big risk going up for Cejudo. I mm-hmm. think you know, and you know he he's such a champ though. He's been at at the top of multiple sports for so long that he's yeah. got so much experience. He he's gonna know how to handle it right. But yeah. that's a good fight. It's it's better than than people are giving him credit for for sure. Yeah, he just wants to be champ champ. You know, <laughs> there's only two champ champs. He wants to be number three. Uh, well, there's three the champ day. champs. I'm sorry, because. Uh, um, uh, can we call this something else? Uh, Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes, yeah, 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 yeah. Can we call this something else for you a like Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll Why don't cha- you like it? You know, because it's too many of them now. It's like, okay. I like it. I like when you call him Champ Champ. <laughs> when DC became Champ Champ, I got excited, man. But then when you defend the belt, you know, for for two or three times, are you are you Champ Champ then? You know what I mean? This, you won the title twice and defended it. Should be champ, champ then, but when you win two divisions, you are champ, champ. You stop fucking around, Kevin Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hating. You, I'm can't, hating. you can't take away Amanda Nunez's champ, champ. If she decides to never fight a featherweight again, she is champ, champ. <laughs> period. I, you, I, yeah, that you're woman's right. a straight up murderer. You are right, but you know, I wish we call it something different. No, 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 no. Champ, champ's perfect. <laughs> 
<laughs> you just mad that Connor invented it. Yeah. I, mean, I ain't going to lie to you. <laughs> What's the matter, Jamie? Uh, do you know Rumble's not fighting, but he's oh, got an yeah. event soon. Dude, Ooh, that's a dangerous that fight if you want to keep your knees. Craig Jones is no goddamn joke. Craig Jones is a heel hooking motherfucker. He Ooh, is at really? the yeah. Craig Jones is at the top of the food chain in the submission grappling yeah. world, but he's not as big as Rumble. But I don't think anybody's drug testing. <laughs> but that means they're not drug testing Rumble. So who know? I don't even know if they have to weigh in. I don't think no, they're going to weigh a, in. It, they're calling it like David versus Goliath match. So I don't believe. Oh yeah, open weight. Oh, yeah. Rumble's going to show up. Three hundred fifty pounds. I wonder what Rumble's going to weigh because Craig Jones has been. Grappling, I want to. I want to say he's probably around two fifteen, two twenty. Long guy. He's not not incredibly ripped, but the submission grappling world is very strange because there's no real drug testing to speak of, and everybody kind of knows that everybody's kind of juiced up. You know, <laughs> they're from Brazil. I mean, it's you not know, even yeah, Brazil. Brazil. Craig you know? Jones is from Australia. No, I mean, yeah, but I just mean yeah, the, the, some of those the community, guys. Yes. You know what I mean? But. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it comes that much into play in, in grappling. You know, it's so much technique and leverage involved. And it, it comes into it, play. It, it helps you tra- train much it longer, much harder. Yeah, you it helps you yeah, be it stronger, does. especially with no gi. Probably does. You know, I think yeah. in, in no gi, well, I think it works with gi, too. It's just, look, it's physical. It's a physical thing. You get two guys, one guy's on juice, one guy doesn't. The guy who's on juice has a, some sort of an advantage if they're yeah. both technically similar. But that's a tough fight for Rumble in that Craig is used to being on the bottom and he's used to fighting with with inside control of the legs. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what kind of Rumble, what kind of leg lock game Rumble has. Yeah, what is this, Dennis Hallman? Oh yeah. Well, the crazy thing is. Dennis Hallman went for a fucking heel hook here, and Craig Jones Ooh, is like, nope. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not a good idea. Yeah, he fucked, he <laughs> fucked yeah, his leg up, Not man. a good idea. Yeah. I, I feel like that's going to be the next little evolution that you see in MMA. It's leg locking? It's leg locks. Yeah, yeah they're, I think they're so, be too. A big part. I, I've really like started to incorporate it a little bit into into my game. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's a especially against wrestlers like I would be a little worried uh, if I was uh, 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 in Rumble's corner for that because wrestlers are a little more susceptible f- to to leg locks for mm-hmm. sure, so I feel like that's going to be like the next little level that you see guys. What's well, the system? You have to understand the system, and I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not a leg lock guy. I it's hard. <laughs> yeah, I see the transitions, but if I was on the mat with them, I wouldn't be a step ahead. I wouldn't be able to like know where they're going, mm-hmm. and I would have to react as it's happening, which is a giant disadvantage. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what Rumble knows. I know he was a great wrestler, and but, but Rumble's big thing was never submitting people. It was yeah. fucking people up, standing up. Yeah, I mean, I think the best way is just to try and disengage from them and just not let them have your legs. Mm-hmm. It's just that's easier said than done. Yeah, you know? good luck with all that with Craig Jones. <laughs> yeah. the, it's just the thing with the, those guys is when you're rolling with someone who is that high level with submissions, you are reacting, and they know how you're going to react, and they're anticipating your reaction, and they have a counter to your reaction. Mm-hmm. And you're always one step behind. So you can explode and explode explode, and eventually you get a little tired, and then whoop, whoop. And mm-hmm. you know, Hickson used to talk about that. He's like, they can't keep the rhythm. That's what I always say. They can't keep the rhythm mm-hmm. like this because they just keep going. They keep attacking, and you just can explode and explode and show everybody how athletic you are. But after a while, that shit wears out, and then next thing you know, you're wrapped up in something. Yeah, and I think they see more guys like you. You know what I mean? They see more guys that are just trying to, to you know, they see a lot of wrestlers and a lot of guys just – 
try those same kind of defenses mm-hmm. where you're not seeing that many guys that are good at lead locks like that. Right. Especially to the point where now they're, they're starting to understand it way more technically than, you know, like Pajara's style of just right. like grab your foot and just try and mm-hmm. like squeeze the shit off. Well, like, Pajara's had some good technique, but oh, it for wasn't sure, as but, complex as like, uh, you know, Eddie Cummings or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, I don't mean Pajara's in general. I just mean that style of, of, mm-hmm. of doing it. You know, some yeah. guys you just see, like they just grab your foot and just right. will twist it the way it ain't supposed to go. Right, but, right, you know, right. when you look at a guy like uh, Donahue's style, mm-hmm. Uh, and he's breaking it down like a mad scientist. He's like, yeah. you know, th- there's literally going to be no way that you're going to get out of those different levels of it. You know, well, you've seen that the, with Gary Tonin now in MMA. Yeah, yeah. yeah Gary Tonin was fighting over in one. He just submitted the shit out of somebody with an inside heel hook. It, it, has he fought against him? Yeah, oh, he just okay. fought real recently. He just oh. fought like a week ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh. Gary Tonin, he's going to be a world champion. I really believe that. Yeah, I've seen his, uh, his, his first like two, maybe. Well, he's undefeated. Uh-huh. He's four and zero now. Oh, okay. And uh, it's just the way he's winning too. He's mm-hmm. he's fucking people up, and he's super dedicated, and he's just real smart. Mm-hmm. And when he's got with, with a guy like Donaher in his corner, mm-hmm. like Donaher is another guy, and he's also, by the way, you know, he's locked up with Farah Sahabi. They're all like in mm-hmm. cahoots together. They train together, but. Donahue's got a special brain. He really yeah. does. He has a special understanding of submissions. Yeah, I want to talk to that guy. Yes, yeah, I you should. Yeah, you definitely I want, should. I want to talk to him. Yeah. Go, get on down to New York. Yeah, he's the type of visit to Henzo's. Yeah, he's yeah. the type of dude. I, I sit there, I talk six hours with him, like because he seems like he's got that you know mm-hmm. systematic way of of breaking stuff down. Yes. So, yeah, he know, does. I, I kind of like that. Uh, because it takes the guesswork out of it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It takes the, what if he does this? Oh, well, then he's got an answer for it. What yes. if he does this? He's got an answer. Yes. He, you know, uh, that's why I feel like I'm kind of missing it. Well, not necessarily that in my game. but Yeah, I think that would be a great addition to anybody's game yeah. to train down there and understand what that guy's doing. Or, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's quite a few different systems now. And then like you got like Craig Jones, who's coming, like I said, from Australia. He's got... He's got a very similar system, too. It's just everybody's got different approaches to it. But what Donaher did and that Henzo Gracie team did is they just kind of like proof of concept. Like just let everybody know, hey, like you're missing out on a, a giant chunk of this thing. Mm-hmm. And a, a giant chunk of this thing is all the variables that come into play when guys are trying to rip each other's knees apart. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it kind of goes back to even like. You know, those individual sports are so ahead of, of, of ours a right. little bit, you know. Like what we were talking about earlier, when you're seeing world-class jiu-jitsu fighters or a world-class Muay Thai fighter, mm-hmm. it's, they're just better at that thing yeah. than the guys who do everything. Yeah, so, I mean, it, a couple of years ago, you saw more, like, jiu-jitsu going to back attacks and, you know, uh, uh, arm bars were, like, really big in it. Um, and now you, then they kind of went through, like, the leg lock era. And I feel like we kind of stuck on the back attack kind of arm bar. And mm-hmm. eventually, we'll move over to... to uh, being able to pull off leg locks because now you're seeing a lot of jujitsu guys kind of get away from leg lock and starting to under the defense is starting to catch up a yes. little bit. Um, I didn't get to go to Worlds to to see it, but you know I, I'm I, I always like to stay one step ahead of it and, and see where it's going, you know, and, yeah. and, and what's on the other side of it. You know? It's interesting that in Worlds they were weighing the fighters before they got onto the mat. That's really? how you weighed in. Yeah, you had to make huh. weight with your gi on. At the side of the mat, and then you drink some water and then go roll. So they're trying to discourage any and all weight cutting. That works if you're not getting hit. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right, that works. right, right, right. Uh, when you talk about like dudes punching each other, yeah, some guys good. are still going to cut weight, and that's too big of a risk to take. Terrible. You, yeah, you, dangerous. Yeah, very, very dangerous. Yeah, very your, dangerous. Your, your brain is, you know, and, and this was even an idea that that I had kind of had was like, I wonder why nobody creates some type of fluid field uh, uh, headgear. Of some sort, you know what I mean? Like when you think about like your brain, like it, your brain's surrounded by that by that fluid, and that's really what what's protecting it, you know, more so than even like your, the the thickness of your skull or anything. So when you're putting, you know, I I, I get why they the, like boxing amateur boxing is starting to take away the headgear because they're saying it's making it more dangerous. It's mm-hmm. really only helping the guy who's punching you. Right. You know, when you punch somebody with a headgear, you can go like full blast. Well, it's also you know, their hurt. head snaps more because there's weight on the neck. Exa- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 actually making it worse. You know. Uh, where if you had something that was fluid field, kind of recreating the 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 inside of y- your head, then that would absorb and shake the the water. You know, like mm. almost like those uh those water bags. Mm, you know, if yeah. you, when you hit those, like you can feel like it's a little. It absorbs the 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 the, the uh, impact a little bit different. Yeah, I just wonder. I mean, I don't. It's That's probably a not point. a good idea. Like, maybe if you bust it and you got water fucking flowing everywhere or something. <laughs> That's but, no big deal. But I think you're right. That makes sense. If they could design it correctly and figure out a way to disperse the in- impact better. Mm. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I feel, I f- yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, they they should just do some serious testing on it. I don't know why. Uh, I'm part of the Cleveland Clinic um, over in, in, in Vegas. They They've got this study going on for a couple of years where they take you in and they uh, they they run you through an MRI scan and and they do all these different type of tests on you, um, a lot on the computer like testing your reaction skills, testing your balance, testing all the uh, you know different parts of your brain. Um, it's been a couple of years now. I think I've been part of them for like four years. I go in uh, twice a year to to get it done, but that just seems like it's going to take so long. Before you really notice anything, and when you do that, do they tell you your results based on how you were six months ago? Yeah, they they give me. They, I I actually just ask for the MRI scans because they tell you, and they're just like, yeah, no, you're fine. Like you know, like your results are the because it's kind of the same test that you're taking over and over and over again. Uh-huh. So they just kind of match them up to how you did last time, and you know if you scored a 98 on the last one you scored a 98 on this one it's like okay that's cool you know yeah you're you fine but to me i asked them for the actual mri scans i don't know how to read an mri like that right but you know because i want to see like the even the it's got to be deeper than that it's got to be deeper than two plus two and you know all this shit like yeah. it's got to be something more to it like they should just do a study where they take a ballistic hit and hit it a bunch of times and see what's <laughs> happening to the brain of it. You know what I mean? Right, right. Let Francis punch it. Yeah. See what's <laughs> happening. Like, I want to know, you know? Yeah. I, I think, uh, and I think fans, like, want to know. Like, you don't want to give your, your brain to this shit. Right. You know? And it's like, and then you could do stuff where you put something over it. Put a headgear on it. See if it makes it worse. Put a, like I said, water headgear. Do you think they're ever going to get to a point worse. where they'll have a study that they can, like a test like that they could do in a fighter and they'll say, hey, man, you can't fight anymore. Yeah, for sure. They really don't yeah. have that right now, which is why they let Chuck Liddell fight Tito yeah. Ortiz, right? Yeah, I, I think uh, uh, just uh, like MR, like an MRI, you know, like mm-hmm. a, a couple of years ago, 
you know, you wouldn't be able to get the same type of imaging. Um, and now when you see like some of the stuff that they're really coming out with medically, um, I think that's going to advance so much more to where you're going to really be able to see like the individual neurons and, and, and stuff like that. And you're going to see like, okay, you're breaking up these, the, these parts of your brain that we couldn't see before, you know, you right. couldn't see with an x-ray, you couldn't see it with a, with an MRI. A lot of times uh, they can't see until the autopsy. Right, right. So hopefully as, as technology improves and as we get better on, on that front, like then we can just start to take some of that, uh, uh, th- that technology and, and use it for what we're doing, you know? Yeah. Well, Kevin Lee, it's been a blast. Let's do it again six Always. months. <laughs> Let me know what happens. A year. What changes. A year will oh, be. A year? A year? A okay, year will beautiful. Be. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you, thank man. You. Kevin Lee, ladies and gentlemen, thank you, everyone, for tuning into the podcast, and thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to Onnit. Go to O-N-N-I-T. Use the code word Rogan. What? What's my name? Use the code word Rogan, and you will save 10% off any and all supplements. Thank you also to Traeger Grills. God damn, I love these grills. I cook on them constantly. I I really do. I mean, that is no bullshit. I cook on them at least three days a week, I think. Um, And they have a fantastic Father's Day sale going on right now. Traeger sales do not come around often. And this is a big one, folks. They're taking $100 off Traeger's Generation 1 Pro Series, $100 off their Bronson model, and $50 off their portable tailgater grill, and a lot of other awesome sales on rubs and all kinds of other shit. Pellets. For more information on Traeger's Father's Day sale, go to TraegerGrills.com slash Joe. That's T-R-A-E-G-E-R, TraegerGrills.com slash Joe. Joe. And last but not least, we're brought to you by my bookie. Get online and make some cheddar and use that cheddar towards your next vacation. Ooh! My bookie is right now offering you a 50% deposit bonus when you use the promo code Rogan. That's promo code Rogan. When you bet with my bookie, it's as simple as playing, winning, and getting. Thank you, friends. Thanks for tuning into the show. Much love and respect, and we'll see you soon. Bye.